Think Kids, why would you bring that rotten meat in here of all places? Who do I have to fuck to get off this movie? What about you? Where's your dad? Uh, no idea. When's the last time you saw him? 1977. Ooh. Ouch. Yep, came into my room, said, PD, I got an important job for you. I need you to wake me up. 5.30 tomorrow morning. And I was ecstatic because he never asked me to do anything. I didn't even know if I existed in his eyes. So it was just a big deal. I was so excited. I set the alarm clock. I could barely sleep. I just watched it all night. When it went off at 5.30, I snuck into his room. I gingerly wake him up. He smiled at me first time I ever saw him. Uh, smile. But he had his bags packed by the front door and he picked them up, put them in the back of his car and uh, drove away. Last time I ever saw him. never do that. He loved me. Abs in a six pack. much better. <sighs> wow. That is huge. That has got to be the biggest crap I've ever taken. Hey, hey, Sharon. Sharon, you gotta come see this. Sh Sharon? What is it, Randy? Do you have any- Oh, Randy! Will you look at that? Is that the biggest crap you've ever seen, or what? Flush the toilet, for Christ's sake! Come on, that's pretty impressive. Hey, Stan! Stan! Look at this. Randy! Look what your old man made. No way! Huh? Never seen one that big, have you? No, never! Gross, Dad! Sick! Alright, will you flush the toilet now? I'll try, but I don't think... Wait, 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 wait a minute. I gotta call Jimbo first. Why? He's gotta see this. No, we are flushing the toilet right now! No! Jimbo has to see it, so when I tell all the guys how big it was, they'll know I'm not lying! Oh, for the love of God, Randy! Sharon, this is important! Stan, go call your Uncle Jimbo. I'm gonna stand guard. Standing guard, this is episode 123 of Abs in a Six-Pack, episode 1, 2, 3... And this is a new live son of a bitch! This is a new live son of a bitch!
here with Larry Blinder of That Larry Show, Sir Spencer of Bullet for Bullet, and Dean Ryder of Up Is Down. It's the dad kids. We talk about dad stuff because dad uh, mowing lawns. Drinking beer. Just call me daddy. Smoking Gotta cigars. Gotta do it. Yeah. No more fooling around. From now on, I'm Super Dad. I'll work straight through lunch so I can get home on time. So make sure you save a big old stinky diaper for me to change, and you can take the night off, pal. <laughs> so the main reason I want to do this episode is because I have a newborn, and I was like, I need some advice from dads that are more uh, experienced with dad stuff congratulations and by the way noah was going to be here my co-host but his wife went into labor tonight with their third kid Holy oh triple God. dadding yeah wow how old is your newborn two months two months yep boy or girl boy boy okay yep well congrats if i was a mom this would be kind of shocking <laughs> I get you guys are you guys are all that's all uh and not before your time that's ahead of your time no that's still before what's it what, that's past your time the spongebob that episode. Like patrick from spongebob yeah wasn't it yeah. patrick yeah yep. right. just Sorry, call me daddy what kind of father am i yeah, yeah it's that <laughs> the yeah. episode where they uh adopt a little clam or a mollusk yeah patrick's always I remember that but but I enjoyed SpongeBob because it was, you know, allegorical. My kids could dig it, but there was a lot of shit loaded in there for the grown-ups too, which made it great. Actually, like the first two or three seasons were like that, and then they kind of Disneyfied it and went to shit. Yeah, they're still making so, them, and everything after season they? five has been dog shit. Yeah, yeah. There you go. But yeah. I used to really enjoy watching that with my kid. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I just so yeah. Congrats to Noah. I guess uh, I'll probably. I won't hear. Yeah. It's uh, after your third one. I feel like they just kind of slide on out of there. Is what I've heard. But we'll see. We'll see how quick the labor Bro. process goes. Our our third was the toughest one so far. Really, you've had yeah. three. Wow, I feel like an amateur. Just two. Shit. Mm. We're going. We're going for the high score, man. There you go. Yeah. Four That's a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> That's the turkey exit. Yeah. Exactly right, man. Not a Thanksgiving reference, but a bowling reference. Yeah, there you go, bowl after bowl. Have you ever rolled a turkey, Chris? Uh, I okay. I've rolled. Not only have I rolled a turkey, I rolled two turkeys in a row on Wii bowling. Fuck off. On the Wii. Fuck off. Oh, Wii. That's <laughs> not Wii the bowling. same thing. Fuck you. Is, it, is this no, like Marahuni? Is this no, Marahuni? No, I've never rolled a turkey. Lingo? I've gotten plenty of strikes, but I don't think I've ever gotten three in a row. Is that what it is? And I rolled a turkey rolled. one time. Turkeys so where it's at, three, though, man. Three strikes. That's what they call three strikes in a row? Three yeah, strikes, yep. I didn't know The that. triple striker. Shit. Wow. Dude. Yeah, I've seen me some turkeys. So, so you time, got no so the, what's what's the verdict on that? Dean's the only one that's gotten a turkey. Or you got a turkey? Too? Oh no, I've got I've gotten turkeys. Nice. I can show you turkeys, turkey. man. Um, my best bowling game ever. I was f hammered out of my mind, uh, drinking whiskey out of this uh, hidden flask necktie thing that somebody got me. So it was like. Uh, <laughs> It was this necktie that you could fill. It's, it's got like, like a the bladder alcohol equivalent in it. of the cigarette one hitters. 
Pretty much. I mean, yeah. it had, I think it held eight ounces of whiskey or, you know, whatever you can put in there. That's pretty good uh, for a necktie. Wow. The front of the necktie, it it just, it looked really legit. You know, it was just like a plaid red necktie, pla- uh, black and red. And then the back, the front flap of the tie was the bladder and the back uh, flap of the tie was like a camelback straw. So you could just drink it right out of the necktie without anybody really knowing that uh, you have hooch on you. That's awesome. That's that perfect a, for any public event. Fucking Except shit for this, face. There's part of a tie in your mouth. Yeah, you right? just look like a. <laughs> you just look like a kind of an idiot chewing on your tie. Well, yeah. you know? I think. I think the uh, purpose of that would be getting it into venues rather than. Uh, yeah. For use. Yeah. 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 Well, I did both. <laughs> I used it and got it in there, and uh, I think I like the first frame was like a gutter spare. And then the second through ninth frames were all strikes, and then the tenth frame went like strike uh, seven two or something like that. Wait, so it was just you, you almost so nasty the game. You yeah, but the besides the loaded, loaded besides really? the first frame and the last frame, it was all strikes. Holy! It shit. was just like I was in that perfect zone where I was hammered, but then when the strike started building. Yeah. It, there was just something about the energy and like people in the other lanes are like looking and I was just like, I let it, I was just in a relaxed state where I was just like, I'm not even, I don't even care. Cause I was, I was just hammered to abandon. It didn't really matter. It wasn't like a league game. There was nothing at stake at all. I was the, uh, bowling with this ball. I got at a thrift store. Like it was just. It was just the game that shouldn't even have been happening. And so, like, every time I whipped another one down the lane, I just, like, walked away. Like, I wasn't even jumping up and down, you know? It was just, it was one of those magical moments. It sounds <laughs> spiritual. Now, were you were you sipping from the necktie between frames? Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> definitely. Nice. I like that. I, I, I had a similar moment the first time I ever snowboarded. Went down this long 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 slope and i had never had a snowboard uh or used a snowboard before and i fucking nailed it whipped around at weight once i went down the bottom and just was in a total flow state and fucking nailed it and every time i've tried to snowboard since then i've busted my ass <laughs> it's like uh it's like it's yeah when you're not really thinking about it uh i mean i did that the uh i tried stand-up comedy the first time the other night because my buddies does stand up at all the time and he's like come to an open mic with me and then enough people were like get up there but then uh, allegedly in minecraft somebody was like hey hit this dab and so like 30 seconds after i hit a dab i go up and do uh, like seven minutes or something and i don't remember a word of what i said but i <laughs> i heard really good things i don't think people yeah. were just being nice to me because i saw him shitting on a lot of other people that were up there so it's like all right that's great i just it, read about some uh, never probably will never be able to do it again though some big league pitcher threw a perfect game when he was high in LSD. Doc Ellis. Oh, yeah, Doc Ellis. Right? No doubt. Yeah. Pitched a no-hitter. Amazing. There's a song, great song about that, that uh, the day Doc really? Ellis pitched a no-hitter on LSD. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, that dude. I like that, that uh, folk hero. animated explanation of it. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. That's pretty. That's pretty. It's. Often. Have to dig it up and slide it in the notes, but it, I mean, it's oh, it yeah. could almost LSD could almost be considered a performance enhancing drug because of the way it slows time down and stuff. It totally depends, man. It's all 
it can enhance or dehance uh, at incredible lengths. Just kind of is a, but depending depending on what the universe deals you, you know. I remember well, usually with. Ever... Yeah. Go ahead, Larry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're fine. I'll save my. The the funniest dude I've ever known. He was not a professional comic, but he should have been. But he was a veteran of I think over 300 acid trips. But I often wondered if all that stuff sort of, you know, rewired his brain or something. You know, does that happen? Without a doubt, yeah. I would. I think really? Bill Hicks would yeah. argue that it did for him. Oh, he was a big uh, with he was mushrooms, a acid guy too. Really? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, with the, the psychedelic experiences are great way to like uh fast track brain rewiring or muscle memory at least uh, that's how i learned to contact juggle it was just like i wasn't really getting it i got the little as seen on tv fushigi ball to start learning and then um wait, wait what one is night contact on acid, juggling what contact, contact juggling, juggling is like uh i don't know if you ever seen the labyrinth david bowie I think yeah. that's what you do God. before you start doing contact tracing, right? Then you do contact juggling. Full, full contact juggling. It's the step before. And then, and, then, and then you go from contact tracing to contact painting. Like, but it's contact paint by numbers. There you go. Speaking you of contact, right. I, I, I could be wrong. I, don't if know. You, I, 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 I need to put out a, like a $50 bounty to anybody that will watch The Labyrinth with David Bowie without making eye contact with his pants. <laughs> okay. Not going to happen. I mean, yeah. Um, you see, no, it's when a kid's he, when movie. He does you see that, the outline uh, of his cock the entire movie. It's like, what is this? Really? He's He's got that crystal ball thing that he's wagging around, you know, and like spinning on the back of his hand and stuff. That's contact juggling. Um, oh, Okay. Got it. And so you can make the ball appear to float, or you can, mm-hmm. you know, all right, roll it up and down your arm and this and that. And I just wasn't getting it until that night. And then it kind of felt like there was a magnet or something. Like I could feel exactly the weight of the ball and where it was rolling on my body. And and then after that night, it, like it didn't go away. Like all of that, all of those pathways and where you'd have to tilt the ball and use gravity on your side, all of that, I remembered was just like committed to muscle memory. So I think the brain just rewired, like it just learned it. Well, that's why psychedelics are so powerful in terms of like, uh, in, com- in combination with therapy, like healing addiction and trauma and stuff. Cause it rewires the pathways in your brain. But yeah, the, the, the mushrooms make everything last super, like make everything seem like it's taken forever. Like 10 minutes could feel like five hours. So if you're in your deathbed, you should load up on mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. Or Without unless it's an unpleasant... Hey, I'll be here another five years. Give yeah, me, if, it's an, unpleasant, if it's an unpleasant death, then maybe not. Though. Oh, shit. Oh, but, okay. uh, yeah, because then you're just no, going to be in hell. I, I, think that's a, I think that's a great idea. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> if it anything, definitely just already to puts take, you just within to, like, the, uh, other, the afterlife dimension, I think, already. So why not? Yeah. Con, like uh, contemplative and peaceful and analytical as you pass from this dimension to the next. I think that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good preparation. I recommend mm. that. I endorse that. <laughs> nice. 
But the so the mushrooms slow everything down in my experience. But one thing I noticed going back to Doc Ellis, where maybe why LSD isn't necessarily a performance enhancing drug is because I've seen I've spent maybe what felt like two minutes on acid, and then I look up in the clock and several hours have passed, and I'm like, how did that happen? That's never happened on anything but acid. So time is really weird. At uh, Bonnaroo, Bonnaroo, uh, absolutely peaking. The only festival I've ever been to. And uh, man, we saw the lineup that we saw. Time was just all uh, discombobulated. Where we would be at, uh, we saw uh, Neil Young with Buffalo Springfield, and then we saw Eminem, but then we'd be back at Buffalo Springfield, and. It was like it was like watching Pulp Fiction. How the timeline is all different, and this came before, even though it's shown after. That was happening to me, and it was just like it was crazy. Coachella sucks this year. <laughs> well, oh God, so we're uh, we're talking about dad stuff today. Aren't we? Okay, let me just start the show with this because we got a big broadcast as usual. Uh, uh, yeah. How do I want to start the show today? <laughs> How do I want to start the show today? Yeah, we, uh, we, uh, yeah, this is this is the uh, please don't call child protective services episode of podcast. Uh, <laughs> the, all of this happened before I was dad, and yeah, this is yeah, this is old news. Um, uh, yeah, how do we want to start the show today? I have I have some questions. Uh, Who's in but, charge of this thing? Yeah, I had some questions, but show. I don't know if you want me to be like interrogate you right off the bat. I, well, I got I some questions the... for you, so okay. we should all like share two questions. Yeah. Okay, I love I love being yelled at. I like being yelled at in in a, in a dark room, <laughs> a dark a dark wet and cold room. Yeah, yeah. The wetter, the colder, the better. Nice. Mm. Uh, uh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah. Actually, here's a good way to start the show. I have a heartfelt, warm father and son moment. I can do this. I have to do this. Hello, Dad. Oh, hello, son. Can I come in? Uh, Sure, of course. Your mom's out at bridge night. You want a beer or something? No, I don't think that will solve any of our problems. Though you seem to think it did. What? I have a lot of demons that I need to face, Father. I need to know some things. Okay, like what? All right, all right, let's just cut right to it. I've come to ask you about the sexual abuse, Dad. What? I have to know why. Right here and now, we're going to talk about this. What the hell are you talking about? I never sexually abused you. I know. I want to know why not. What? (laughs) Was it that I was ugly? Oh, my God. I wasn't good enough for you. Was that it, Dad? Well... No! Sure, you could go off and screw any whore on Ryland Street, but when it came to your own son, you were just too busy! It's <laughs> uh, rough, man. <laughs> I hate you didn't it when love that me happens. enough, did you, Dad? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, that's the only dad clip I even pulled for today because I was looking, I was like, I was like, I don't know, I was like, I watched so many videos. Even before the baby came, about like, here's what you need to do with newborns. Here's dad tips, and here's dad clips. And it was just like, all of it turned out to be wrong, anyways. But, uh, yeah. 
So I was well, just how like, do you I, feel? Do you feel any different? Because here's here's what happens. You know, I don't know. I mean, we don't really know each other very well. We've done a couple of shows together, but I know for myself and for most guys, the moment the dad thing is hung on you, all of your previous like 007 James Bond fantasies about yourself, they're over forever. Yeah. Yeah. Why does that happen? But it does. I know. I know. It just does. Right. Does uh, it though? I mean, yeah, I never really, I never really considered myself 007, but I get what you're saying. Well, you get what you I mean. I didn't either, you know, yeah. but you kind of have that, that notion but it's just, it, and it, it's not the same like when you get married, because, I mean, James Bond was married once, and then they blew his wife's head off on the side of the road, um, and he could get he get divorced, right? But once you're a dad, you're a dad forever, and so that's that's behind you. I don't know, Larry. I don't I, know. Yeah, I'm... I, you know, I went through a whole, a whole psychic reckoning when I knew I was going to be a dad, and then, the, you know, the nine months of gestation... I was psyching myself up and tripping out and going nuts. And I didn't do any research or anything. I was just like, okay, I guess, I guess this is, you know, I'm going to, I was doing a lot of uh, preparation. I was preparing and planning and just, you know, triple downing on all my job type responsibilities and all that stuff boosted this ego. And then, um, and everything was great. Baby came, everything was fine. And then things changed in the relationship. And then, uh, after that weird period, I've I've actually totally become the the 007 James Bond Rambo that I never knew I was because I have a daughter. You know, I like I've, it's totally empowered me, completely empowered me, and is and I mean I'm not saying it's because of my daughter that I feel like I have like this superhuman and vulnerability, but I do feel more masculine, more powerful, and more content and capable um now now that she's about you know almost eight um than i ever have in my entire life so i don't know i think that there's a notion there's there's a notion that you know of course your life is going to be irreparably changed which is 100 percent true but to the degree to which that is a negative or any sort of um end of well I guess what I'm saying is there's a part of your ego that dies and there's a whole other part of your ego that is born, that is created. And it's a different thing that changes through your relationship with your children. Well, now And that, that, and that can be very powerful, you know? Yeah. You know, for the first time, actually, when I think once my kid came along, I did feel like and still do that I have a license to kill because I, I've always been a pretty peaceable guy. I do have a temper. But when the, the kid thing kids came along suddenly was like well if you <clears throat> if you annoy my kid i i'll kill you and i won't think <laughs> twice about it yeah and i never felt that way before until the kids came mm -hmm. along so there's there's that 007 angle to it there is yeah but as far as like the solitary the rogue you know the the, the ronin yeah. samurai right you know of course that's over yeah but and I, I just don't know if it's over over i just think it transforms because mm -hmm. You know that um, that that child now is just part of your arsenal. Yes, it takes a while for it to become that. I think, but I think after, and it doesn't take very long. But then that you know your arsenal, that that secret weapon that you have, it just includes a child now. You getting this, Chris? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
I'm soaking it all. He's taking notes. I can I can hear him scribbling the notes down in the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I mean even I want to say like the like nothing really changed until one we were at the hospital, and it was like oh this is really happening is when it started sinking in. But then it got like ten times more real when like I saw the baby, you know. Yeah. Right. And I think it's really not gonna get like reach a peak until he's actually able to like hold a conversation and talk, which I'm really excited for. Because right now he's just like he's. I mean, it took him a month to even start like giggling and making eye contact and stuff. Now he's like sure interacting, so that's cool. But yeah, it's man. I mean, it's been crazy to watch. <laughs> How's well, little, little baby John? You, is he man. is he like he's he's, he's what is he like a month, month? Six months now. Oh, okay. Six and months. Uh, he's yeah, he's older. He we have thought for the last two months that he's gonna start crawling any day because a like when you're holding him on his feet, he just likes to jump. He won't stop jumping. He's got like strong legs from that, and uh, he's got a little jumper. He likes to stay in too, but. Um, when you put him on his tummy, you know, he's like all up, his head's way up. Um, but he just does the skydiver where he like lifts his arms and legs straight up into the air. And so he's just on his belly and then he just kick the ground behind him, but he hasn't really figured out how to get the knees up under him and like propel himself yet. Hmm. And it just, his, he's looked so close for like two months now. And we're like any, well, not anymore. We're not like any day now. Now we're like, this kid will never start crawling. <laughs> we think maybe he'll stand up and start running and kicking stuff before he crawls. Yeah, I, sure. I know my kid's gonna be spazzing out because, like, it, even in his sleep, both his arms will be like up, raised up above his head in fists. Like he'll just go. be sleeping with both his har- arms above his head, and when he's awake, <laughs> like, in, like after he gets fed, he's just squirming all, like, both arms and legs are just squirming constantly. Like he's, he's gonna yeah. be a spaz. Like, and and. and so how- how long are you gonna wait to spar with him? I guess. Uh, <laughs> if I he's always cocked and ready to go, <laughs> you might not be to, the one to make the decision. Actually, yeah, that's true. What What did the experts tell you guys about this? Because, like, when, I, when my kids were born, the big thing was, oh, it has to keep the baby has to sleep on his back all the time on the back and the back sleeping. And, I, and I'm thinking, mm, and never I, in I the never bed. sleep on my back. I never fucking sleep. I'm, I'm not going to do that. To right. My kid. So I never, whenever, whatever way my kid wanted to sleep was good with me and they were fine. So what are they telling you these days? Yeah. D- d- what? uh, What's don't, don't feed him water. <laughs> don't feed him water. Yeah. What? We just been doing the breast milk until recently just switched over to formula. Now that Haley's and my wife started her, back at her job but for the first two months it was just breast milk um okay and then Mm. what else uh they said um give them vitamin d which i've been putting a little bit of a little dropper of the infowars liquid sun vitamin d in his in his uh (laughs) give him some brain force yeah give him dude if you give him brain force he's gonna have a better vocabulary than me in a week man i can't do that (laughs) uh what else? What else? They say it. Uh, yeah, don't like don't sleep with them in the bed. No. Which, yeah, no co-sleeping <laughs> is a big preachy thing. For and sure. the reason say. I have heeded yeah. that warning is because I'm such a freaking heavy sleeper, dude. Like I would sleep through my house getting lifted up in a tornado, and I move around in my sleep so much. Like I yep. would, I can't, I can't risk that. Oh um, we did too, afraid. dude. We 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 did too when when my little one was born, and um, we kept her in the bed with us. Not like every night, but. 
most of the nights and we just kind of knew that hey there's a little tiny fragile child here so yeah. it might behoove us not to just smother it with our fucking bodies i mean we're it's, not animals <laughs> you it's know. pretty wild actually the first like the first night we co-slept which was the first night she was alive uh it's just like your brain's on fire with awareness of this little yeah less than a day old human yep. next to you and you're like like every time I'll roll over a lot too you know and when you roll over you're throwing elbows to the side and all this and mm-hmm. like after that you know after the baby's there you're just like hyper aware of it but then yeah. you kind of relax i don't know we co-slept with our kids uh the first 6 months with I the girls i think they say that I think they say that because so many people are just massively morbid, obese, sloven pieces of shit who don't <laughs> well, give a fuck that. about anything. That's it's, and it's, so the, it's the factor, probability actually. to roll over on some tiny, lifeless form is just like it might as well be another yeah. remote control. In but the dude, bed, you know? like, I mean, I'm not exaggerating when I say like I move around in my sleep. Like I've kicked my, I've kicked and punched my wife by accident in my sleep with no memory of it, plenty of times. <laughs> so kind of like, hot, actually. I shot a cop once in my sleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I would like my parents, even when I was a kid, say I would sleep through a fire. Like I sleep, I'm a hard sleeper. So like, I, I don't, we have a little like kind of like walled in cot that we can have in the bed that we've used a couple of yeah. times, but usually we just have them Those in the crib cool. next to us, like next to the bed. The nice thing about co-sleeping is usually my wife would hold the baby. Lauren would be holding the babies. Uh, and she's breastfeeding them, and so they can actually, from a pretty early age, just feed. Uh, like she knows enough about what's going on, and the baby knows enough about what's going on that she can feed the baby without even waking up. So it makes like the sleeping through the night thing really yeah. pretty tight. Yeah, they gotta be to eating every four hours them. when they're little. You know, he'll just he'll be pretty much asleep while he gets fed. Now, now I uh, what one thing I asked uh. The doctor was like, or like our family doctor was like, how old is too old to be breastfeeding? And he said, well, once the baby's saying, hey, mommy, can I get some titty milk? He didn't say titty <laughs> milk, but can I get some milk? It's like once they can talk is too old. I was like, okay. Once yeah, they're like, 13, it's a little weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then uh, what was the uh, he said? Sucking yeah, he, tits and stealing your smokes. And like, He said anything past a year is pretty long. Is that what you found? Uh, yeah, Lorian went cold turkey at a year with the first two, yeah. and uh, I think she's wanting to wean this time. I can't remember why. That's another thing, too, though, is, like, you keep having kids, or, you know, just with the kids that you do have as they get older, you try different things, you know? It's like mm-hmm. you start to learn that there is no one solution for everyone and that it's dumb to even think that there would be, and there are things that are going to work for you, and... uh. I'd, I'd say more than like these so-called experts trust your ancestors, man, like called, you know, your own parents or your grandparents. And if there's something weird that comes up, like, oh, the baby's doing this thing that's something weird that, you know, you might find out, oh, yeah, you used to do that, you know, and just hear some story about yourself you never even heard before. Totally. And then they tell you, you know, tell you what they used to do for it and that kind of thing. I mean, I think. You know, I think when it comes down to like the nuts and bolts of having a newborn in your life, 
and just just the basics, like what you were saying, Sir Spencer, which is the hyper awareness, the omnipresent awareness of this new thing. I mean, honestly, for at least in my experience, man, it was just an extension of natural way of life, you know, like, yes, there yeah. wasn't any magic numbers or super special procedures you had to do for anything. It was just very instinctual. Yeah, you just tended to know like, okay, this is odd. This is cute. This is wonderful. And I mean, I don't know about you guys, man, but I've been extremely lucky with my little one. She's been from day one, just one of the easiest, no fuss kids ever. It's amazing. She's slept like a rock. She still does. I mean, she's just been so easy. I think I've had it really, really lucky, but things have just been really, really instinctual. Like if it doesn't feel right, then yeah, look into it. But yeah, you know, and hopefully, it, hopefully it never gets to that point where something doesn't feel right. But it is wild. It's like that animalistic thing that awakens inside you that it it's different than logic or preparedness or like book smarts. Mm -hmm. And I remember when my first daughter was born and uh, the midwife was even saying like, don't have family over, like can't pass them around. Like it, the baby should just have skin to skin with the mother and some with you, but mostly with just the mother. <laughs> but I was like, I'm you know, my parents are coming over, obviously. So after All my she doctor left, my said was don't let them around people that got the COVID facts. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Did your doctor well, that's that's good advice. So Yeah, he did. So your 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 uh, child was delivered by a midwife? Was it at home? Yeah, yeah. We have had all three of them here in our house. Oh, cool. Which I can't yeah. recommend enough. Um, for yeah. me, I think it was, you know. For both, when I first met Lorian, she was like, that was one of the first things she told me about herself. It was like the first two weeks we knew each other or something like ridiculous was that she wanted to have a home birth. And I never, mm. you know, I was just like, oh, that's, that's rad. You know, I never really even gave it a second thought because I was just like, you know, you, you're the one having the baby. If you're telling me this, then yeah, like, that's cool. I'm glad that you have a plan and have this thought out. You know, that was kind of my reaction because yeah. I'm just going to be. Uh, around to help basically but oh my god the, the just how safe that i felt and um i don't like hospitals you know and especially no. in these days man yeah. things are so stupid so crazy all these protocols all of this what they're gonna tell you to do things that they can just spring on you that you like might not even have a choice in or might have to like flex your rights or whatever. Sure. I don't know if you guys you disrespected that. science. Well, like, you know, you I don't, never know. You never know what curve wanna... they're going to throw you, you know, because exactly. you, once, once you step into that hospital, you lose all control. Right. And, and I hate first, that. When, yeah. When our first daughter was born, um, we, you know, my wife had this uh, fabulous OBGYN. The guy was everything he could want. He was studious and concerned and focused and, Oh, I remember hearing about this on your show, Larry. I remember you talking yeah. about this. Yeah, the guy was the guy was all you could you know hope for in that. And then, of course, when she went into labor, that guy was on a cruise in the Caribbean, oh, and so his substitute walked into the the labor and delivery room, and I thought, "Fuck is what is Eddie Van Halen doing in this room?" <laughs> um, he, you know, he had the rock and roll hair. He had a pack of camels rolled up in his t-shirt sleeve, and he looks at my wife, and he goes, "Hey, it's going to be a snack." He's chewing a big wad of gum. And he says, it's going to be like taking a big shit, so just relax. I'm like, what the fuck? Who do I have to fuck to get off this movie? It was, it was unbelievable, you know. Oh, no. Um, really scared us, but, you know, it worked that, out. <clears throat> no, uh, Noah, my co-host, whose wife's in labor right now, is 
he uh they had they were playing on a home birth they got a uh midwife and everything and the night she went into labor she never showed up and nobody yeah, was there to replace her. Yeah, I heard her. you telling about that. Wow. That's outrageous, man. And I told him, I was like, you need to at least, at the very least, get your money back. Because he ended up having a, he yeah. was already, like, they didn't oh, know it was yes. coming that night. And he was drunk when their water broke. Like, it was a whole fucking ordeal. Oh, man. And yeah, so I would then be, the midwife uh, wouldn't answer the phone. I was like, you got to get your money back. I don't think they ever did. I don't know. Nah, you can absolutely take them to court over that. I just, yeah, I don't know. Our midwife Crazy, is though. absolute professional, and then there's you know backup midwives. There's a whole uh, network of midwives out here in my area, and so you know we even met like a couple other people that might be stepping into that role if that had to happen. As you know, and that never did happen. But on the third one, like I said, it, it was kind of a struggle. She was in labor longer, um, and the reason ended up being a cervical lip. Like, the baby was caught on a cervical lip. It just didn't dissolve all the way. I don't know. I'm not, like, a cervical expert, per se, but I was there. I am. <laughs> you know? The, <laughs> the midwife ended up having to reach up in there and push that lip aside oh, as man. we kept her in this contorted position, and then the baby, he finally came out, man. But I don't know. I think he was just <laughs> hanging onto that warm seat in there, like, the warm and dark. and problem. <laughs> He's like, Probably. it's nice in here, man. It's nice yeah, in here. But yeah, being it. able to have your own wishes enforced in your own house, backed up by your own firearms, versus going yeah. like to well, a hospital where you're they just totally to at the mercy. They wanted to give him like a hepatitis of... C shot, like the day he was born. I was yeah, like, where do you no. think he's going to get hepatitis from outside of this hospital? Right? No way, dude. No, dude, dude. We were so blindsided by all that shit, and I mean, we had our kid before I really. You know, there was a huge period in my life, like a couple of decades, where I totally tuned out of all the things that we're concerned about now as men and fathers and podcasters. Um, I totally tuned out, <laughs> man. I was really just too busy uh, making slave wages in kitchens, getting really high and drunk and making art. So I had no idea about vaccines. I had no idea. I trusted science. I was a fucking burner. And uh, I didn't vote or participate in that kind of system. But I just went along like in a completely drug addled and drunken, you know, uh, <laughs> scientists do science forever. And so when we had our kid, we just, we were, of course, you know, we had a midwife, but we were in the hospital and we just was like signed off on every vaccine and everything. And it wasn't, it wasn't a thing. And luckily, I mean, we, you know, I don't know if it's luck or if it's just probability, but everything's been great. I mean, our, our kid is a fucking model of, of health and, and conscience and intelligence she's a shining star everything's been really cool we're super lucky i guess but dude we just we just signed off on everything you know i had yeah. no i had no idea what we were getting into or what we could have avoided or what we could have said no to i had no idea what was necessary yeah. unnecessary i had no conscience of that and neither did uh, my my wife at the time you know so, so yeah. dean you said you had the wit the midwife at the hospital she was there too yeah yeah, well, she, was the, uh, she was going to deliver. She was going to deliver. Staff take to that. I mean, were they cool with that? Or they were totally cool with it. We had a really great staff. We had a good hospital. It was in Portland. It was pretty mm -hmm. cool. We felt really good about the entire process from hmm. from all the preparation going into it and to the labor. And you know, my daughter was about ten days late. Um, she was ten pounds, and so Dang, when wow. the yeah, she was a big old football man. 
And so uh, <laughs> when the midwife was trying to deliver, uh, it got to be a difficult process. And my kid yeah, literally broke. Yeah, my kid, she literally broke my ex-wife in half. Like, and I don't mean that. It's, it was a really broker and it was bad. And so they eventually had Ugh. to call, they had to call an obstetrician in um, to finally deliver the child and then try to repair my wife's destroyed bottom. It Were was all the king's horses crazy, and all dude. the king's men able to put Humpty yes. Dumpty together again. <laughs> well, check it out. I mean, this is really personal and gross, but um, <laughs> so after the, you know, uh, my daughter was delivered they had to call in like the the only expert surgeon that was available at the time and she came in and she was this very strange looking insect kind of praying mantis looking woman Dude. with this long bob haircut and this very pointy face she was a pointy chick as you would say lord no lord. that doesn't sound like a pointy chick that sounds like <laughs> well insect. she was There's she was <laughs> she was point uh, okay pointy face she wasn't a pointy chick she's a pointy face she could face, be sharp right? She anyway, sharp, but... I just I just observed her. <laughs> I was just observing her, like looking at this bloody mess and like head cocked and eyebrows scrunched and trying to figure out how they're gonna put this thing back together. And they finally did, but there was a certain point where I was just watching her, like, oh fuck. And then my my ex at the time, or my ex, she was my wife at the time. She said, "Hey, Dean, look at me." Don't look at her. Look at me. Talk to me. Don't. I don't like the. Stop. You know. I mean, I look at that face. I was starting to get worried. Yeah, it was fucking nuts. But. But they they totally they totally Do fixed it. her up. I mean, she had to recover though. It took her like two months to physically recover from the birth because she was a sure. my kid was a big old big old kid, you know, but she wasn't. She wasn't a fat ass, you know. She was just a kid, man. And now was, I don't know. It's two weeks. It's just two nuts. weeks overdue. They had to induce labor, and uh, he was just only seven pounds, thirteen ounces, or something like that. Mm. And he, but he's gotten chubby now. Now he, once he got on the breast milk, he chunked up quick. Yeah. yeah. We never had the opportunity for the breast milk. My wife just couldn't deliver; just didn't work. So she, uh, she was a formula baby pretty much from the beginning. Yeah, I mean they they yeah. put all pretty much all the stuff you need in there, other you know, than the vitamin D, which you can get at Infowars.com. No, <laughs> <laughs> you know, man. I mean, we got. I don't know if we just got lucky. I think. I think. I mean, I am super, super, super lucky in many ways. But dude, my kid is so healthy and so smart, and there's never been anything wrong with her. She has no allergies to anything that I can tell. You know, and um, we did everything like the very standard middle class American way, you know, like doctor, hospital, formula, yeah. all that shit. And she ended up really, you know, just fine. No yeah. more fooling around. From now on, I'm super dad. My wife, she, she went through the fantasy of delivering drug free, you know, and uh, the first kid. And so she, you know, she lasted you know, maybe three, four hours, but then when those contractions really started started to come in more frequent waves, she screamed, you know, give me the drugs. Yeah. But then, of course, they had to whistle up an anesthesiologist, and that didn't ha happen for a while. Mm. And um, she got really pissed at me before they, before they administered the Zoom juice. And uh, she, at one point, I was like wiping her face because she had quite a sweat going on there. And she grabbed the 
cloth from my hand and threw it in my own face and screamed, I'll never have sex with you again. <laughs> oh, man. And, and I, said, I said, yeah, I said, you know, that's, that's a hell of a title for a book. And I'm sure <laughs> shit, within a year, we had one published with exactly... Exactly that title. So I was, nice. I was thinking business in the middle of that, which I don't know if she's still forgiving me yet or not. But <laughs> they finally, finally, this anesthesiologist guy arrives and he's pushing a little cart, you know, with a with a with a napkin on top of it, and he, he heaves to it alongside her bed. And I was totally cool the whole time. I was like, nothing was phasing me. When he pulled back that napkin. I saw a hypodermic there that looked like a fucking movie prop from a, from a horror movie. It was about oh. a foot and a half long. It was, it was oh unbelievable. I, I really, and I almost passed out when I saw this. Was that the epidural? Yes. Oh, yeah, yes. that shit's gnarly. Holy shit. And he fucking sank that thing into the base of her spine, and I thought I was going to go tits up. You know. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll tell it you what. Me me I, I got a little woozy when they were putting in the epidural because, like, the wife was wanting to do it all natural. Um, we the hospital was great, but like once she started having contractions, and I heard if they induce it, it's not. It's a lot harder than like a, when your body's actually ready. Yeah, but it was getting two weeks past. They were like, "We got to induce it because it's getting. It'll be dangerous if not. Whatever." I was like, "Okay, right." And so when the contraction started, she was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to have to do an epidural and change the plans. The doctor came in and gave gave it to her and, you know, like puts the tube in her back and it just stays in there mm. the whole time. And that was pretty queasy. But I'll tell you, once the baby came out of there, it wasn't the placenta and the blood and like cutting the cord that like I wasn't getting queasy. But when I I when they since he was two weeks overdue, he had been pooping in the womb. I talked about this when Jamie Deluxe was on. So sorry to anybody that's heard this story last week, but. Uh, they they had to stick like a suction thing in, down his throat into his lungs to suck out any poop he might have inhaled or swallowed. Mm. And that was and at the same time, the other nurse stuck this metal rod up his ass, which I never oh, really at the got. Same time, which I never really got a reason <laughs> as to why this happened. But he was freaking. Oh, this was in like ten minutes within ten minutes of him being born. Not even that. Probably within two minutes oh, of him being gosh. born. And I was like, oh Just my god, trauma. And right when they were showing that rod up his ass, I was like, this isn't gonna make him gay, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody thought that was funny. I was trying to break. I was trying to yes. like calm the tension yes. down a little bit, but but they didn't laugh. Huh? Nobody yeah. laughed. Not even not even the wife. <laughs> oh no. Shit. Wow. But yeah, See, that, that kind of shit is what freaks me out about hospitals. I was like, well, I don't even like... know why they did that. I got where they had to get the poop out of his lungs. But I was like, why do you have to shove that up his ass? He freaked out. But then I will say. Was there like hope... a lot of poop in there? Did they like hoover out a bunch of poop from I his lungs? Know. I don't know. But I mean, th I know they said that there turned... was some, but. That what sounds I, like what I, I just, I'm some hoping, clown world type shit. I'm hoping like the. That shit wasn't what caused this, but for the next two days, he didn't cry at all. He was chill as a, cool as a cucumber. He was angry. <laughs> he he yeah. was just sitting around. He was, he was, he was either super traumatized or... He's <laughs> planning. I, I'll tell you what I had for dinner last night, but I can tell you that the medical term for the, the turds that they were getting at is called merconium. Yep. I don't know why I remember that. Oh, yeah. I had never yeah, heard yeah, of that yeah. until then either. Yeah. <laughs> It's like that the black first poop. Yeah, the black it's like poop. The oily. His first diaper was yeah. like that, just like black tar. Yeah, it's actually the name of my first album, Meconium. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, nice. <laughs> so, so Chris, I, now that you're yeah. a dad, well, uh, no, go ahead. 
What 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 no, do go you ahead. guys? I'll, I'll, mine's, I'm jumping way ahead with my next question. So go ahead. All right. Well, I have a question for you, sir. Uh, now that you're a dad, and I'm sure that over the last year, it's been nearly a year since you got pregnant and you produced this child. Um, what are you? <laughs> what are you terrified about? What is your like? omnipresent peak apex anxiety about being a dad uh i would the top two things in my mind are providing financially and uh vaccine shit reason i don't because i like yeah i don't i mean and even like looking down the road is he going to be able to do anything besides homeschool Mm. without the jab good questions yeah. About the financial stuff, what is it about the financial stuff that gives you anxiety? Do you think that, um, that like, are you thinking about college? Are you thinking 20 years down the line? Not is that, that far, where your man. range like, is? I, dude, like, I, well, I don't know. Like, when I was growing up, like, there were a couple Christmases, like, around the 2008 shit, where I didn't get any Christmas presents, at least not from my parents. Oh, man, no Christmas presents for Chris. But I'm just imagining I don't want to put him through that. (laughs) No Christmas. No. Why is this guy still on? No presents. Oh, man. No, but that's just that's a dumb example. But it is like, you know, it's like, I don't know. You think about that shit. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh. Diapers have been way more expensive than I thought they would be. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, dude, I mean, things are. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if this is going to help at all. And maybe it's just bullshit. But the first few years with the diapers and, you know, you're not buying formula or whatever. So, but I mean, just diapers and all the weird kind of shit, the weird little things that come up when you have a baby to a toddler. Yeah, man, it, it, it adds up. But I don't know if I've just been able to kind of sort of justify the expenses in some other ways. But in my experience, this one kid and it is, it does not cost an arm and a leg to raise a kid. Thus yeah. Far. You know, I'm, that's, she's only that's what I was going to say is, uh, I think that the, yeah. the, the cost, the meme of like, kids are so fucking expensive. Oh, they're expensive, expensive. Totally over. We got supposed to get. We've got three. We've got three, and I think it's a bit overblown for sure. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, the Dusty Man sends us six hundred bucks in the bank account like every month just for having (laughs) this. The little shit. Are you kidding me, Dusty Man? No, bro. How how do I cash in on that? It's two hundred bucks a month. It just happens. But see, they don't know that you have a kid yet because you haven't done your taxes with a kid on them yet. Uh, Yeah, it's, it's it's supposedly it's running out, you know, or whatever, but. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, they keep no, saying they, it's I running think the out, biggest, and then they keep the putting the concern, check in there. It's like, what the fuck? The, yeah, the biggest concern is the, uh, like, what, what? Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I guess the cons- the main concern, more than anything, not even just the vax situation. It's like the world he's coming up into. But yeah, you gotta. The only way to uh, fix the world is have more babies. You got that clip? We need to keep having babies. Got that drop, Spencer? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I th- I do agree with that. Me babies. Yeah. Just call me daddy. I have a. I did you have a question. Have this is children. <laughs> jumping way ahead, but what about like? I guess Larry, you're definitely the one with the oldest kids. I would assume. I don't know how old yours yep. are. 
One's in college, one's in high school. Yeah. So and so what what about like content? Like not like uh like like what what you let them consume, hear, mm. see, watch, and even like uh have, like do any of you ever worry about like cussing around them? I know that's not that big of a deal, but like what's uh, well, I was the biggest problem with the cussing, um, <laughs> and my wife still holds this against me. My <clears throat> house we used to live in had. Uh, a deck outside, and this being Southern California, we had, you know, most nights we'd eat dinner out there. It's nice, you know. Except some fuck, whatever fucktard owned the place before me planted the you know, totally wrong bushes, which were laden with these blossoms that attracted fucking bees and yellow jackets. It was insane. <clears throat> so at certain, certain times of the year, I would sit out there before dinner and I'd have this fly swatter. And I'd be just hammering these these bees and yellow jackets. And of course, everyone I, I, I splattered, I'd say, fuck you, fuck you, fuck, fuck, like this, right? And my, <laughs> and my wife would go like, will you stop this, stop it? And I'm like, come on. She's a year and a half old. All she's saying is goo goo gaga. She doesn't know what, you know, whatever. Yeah. I've been the opposite, honestly. <laughs> I've been the one like on good behavior as far as language oh, around the kids. Okay. We were a good guy. <laughs> For the most part. And then and then one evening, but, you know, but I'm the, inside, uh, it's not uh, been the... From the, the wife, is, I've been trying to get on the wife. Like, if, yeah. if fuck is his first word, our grand, both our parents are going to, we're going to hear about it. Well, it almost, well, it almost happened because I, I was inside, uh, you know, getting something out of the kitchen and she screams, get out here. And I thought, oh, you know, maybe they've been attacked by coyotes. I go outside and there's my daughter with the fly swatter smacking the table going, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> so, oops. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but, but the content uh, thing, you know what, uh, there's not much you can do about it. I mean, other than at, at home and it's going to, you know, I remember one night with my wife, we watched, uh, we were watching child's play. One of my favorite movies of all time. Chucky, you gotta love yeah. Chucky. Right. And so we're sitting on the couch and I guess my daughter was maybe three and she was like a chimp. She could climb anything. And, uh, just at the point where Chucky's calling everybody a cunt. I, I heard something, you know, I said, what's that? I turned around and there's my kid, you know, on her belly watching Chucky right along with us. She climbed right <laughs> out of the fucking crib and, you know, she was viewing. So it's going to happen. There's nothing you can really do about it. But what the, the but to me, the, the, the bigger threat <clears throat> than what might happen randomly was what was force fed them both in Amen. schools. Mm, okay? yeah, yeah. That sure. was, that's the fucking, and that's the lookout. And, and Sesame was, Street, Sesame and, Street's yeah, all the that fucking shit. number Thank one you. enemy. Fuck, says, fuck Sesame Street, fuck Sesame Street. Fuck Thank Big Bird, you. fuck Big Bird. Yeah. And so I would, I would literally spend, um, you know, a half hour dinner every night, and I'd ask him, you know, what did you learn in school, this and that, and somehow it would come out what you know how they they were being uh, inculcated and indoctrinated, not, not rather than taught, and I would try to unspool everything they'd done in in that you know at over those dinners so. yeah dude larry that's what makes our jobs that much yes. richer every single waking day of our life and i gripe about this on my own show all the time about the indoctrination and the bullshit that I, I know happens in the school systems and i know that it's unstoppable and i know that i mean believe me i would love to take my daughter out 
and homeschool. Mm-hmm. And but that's not my decision to make alone. I have to have a consensus from her mother, and her mother thinks sure. homeschool kids are weird. Not talking shit about that. But the thing about it, I mean, they I, have are, to I was homeschooled. Yeah, I think like a lot of the homeschool yeah, kids we're I went definitely to public with were weird. pretty weird. Yeah, <laughs> but was, we're but, not yeah. quite as fucked up as public school kids. Yeah, no, the, yeah. The the thing about it though that I have to constantly unfuck my own head about is just remember that now I have a different level of responsibility to, like you said, Larry, unfuck that shit. And yeah, so I'm mm-hmm. constantly asking my kid, like, what are you guys talking about in school? And what are you doing? And all this kind of stuff. And I wait for her to give me the weird little cues. Like, I don't, first of all, I never grill my kid. I never talk about the COVID. I never talk about masks. I never grill her. I never try to interrogate where she's at with school and what her teachers are doing. I just kind of listen actively for what she's signaling. And then on those signals, if I feel like it's an appropriate cue for me to to comment or counter the narrative, you know, that's when I do it. That's when I do it in a soft mm-hmm. way. And mostly the soft way is like, hey, did you know that democracy is a scam and that the government killed Martin Luther King? <laughs> you know, <laughs> soft, you know, soft. That's soft. Yeah. Just the soft, the soft skill. You know, but it's, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, is like the fact that that stuff happens and if your kid is in public school, you know, and you can't do anything about it, the best outcome of that is that you have a much richer experience in countering the narrative and you can yeah. counter that narrative through a shared experience. And that's mm-hmm. been, the, that's the most effective thing. And when it comes to like the Sesame street shit and the preschool stuff, I remember watching that. I, I remember watching it and I was, I mean, like I said, when she was little, I wasn't really super aware of what the fuck the big lie was, but I definitely knew bullshit when I saw it. But I also knew that, just because I see the bullshit indoctrination, it doesn't necessarily mean that my kid is getting the message. You know, a lot of that stuff completely flies over her head or she's just not interested in it. And I can see that now because she doesn't actively play the roles that the indoctrination tries to put on her. She doesn't do it. She seems to be somehow resistant to the narrative. Good. She just does her own thing. So, I mean, I don't know where I was going with that, but it just makes for a, like a much richer experience as a parent, you know, being able to counter it. Uh, well, I, I guess, my, yeah, I mean, that's well said, beautifully said. My question is even, like, I don't know what's, like, well, let me give you my example of how I was raised. I was not allowed to watch Harry Potter because witchcraft. I was not allowed to watch any PG-13 movies until I was 13. Mm. Uh, once I turned 13, the floodgates opened up and I was watching pretty much any rated R movie I wanted shortly after. So I'm not mm. sure the logic there. Mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like, um, I guess what, like the, like someone who's under 10 years old, what you would want to keep them from would be sexual content, violent content, um, Medus and Boobery in the chat were talking about not letting them watch the news, which I think mm. is probably more important than what, yeah. than anything yeah. else. We well, don't even watch that ourselves, really. The, I mean, they're not they're not interested in the news, right? No, it's all, you it know. All I mean, right. I mean, of course, you, you have a little boy. I mean, I don't know about you, Sir Spencer. I know Larry. You got two girls. My daughter, she's not really interested in no. violence. She doesn't. I mean, no. we're we're watching we're watching the whole Star Wars legacy epic right now, and. 
she hates the when people get hurt she she avoids it you know mm -hmm. um she doesn't like it she actually cried when luke skywalker got his hand cut off <laughs> she <laughs> cried when darth <laughs> vader got his hand cut off like oh. you know she doesn't like it but the thing about the the sexualization stuff is i mean so when my kid was doing distance learning uh, all last year with her school and they gave her a little laptop she would scam away on kids youtube and i would always like kind of catch over her shoulder these weird shows that she's watching and it's not like there's hypersexualization going on in the shows that she's watching but she is fascinated because they're all like they're all kind of like young grown up girls you know they're bigger than her they're taller than her they're they're grown ups doing these ridiculous shows and unpacking and unboxing videos and, That's, um, that was the same thing with Nickelodeon and Disney Channel. It's like yeah. shows made for kids where the kids are high school age, but they're it's made for elementary school kids. Yeah, so I just, I mean, I haven't seen anything explicit in there that I've been like, okay, red flags. I just keep an observant eye, you know. And then when she talks, when she, my daughter will go on and on and on about YouTube videos and this show and. And, and she emulates these YouTubers, you know, she wants to have a channel with followers. And I just remind her all the time that all that shit is fake. Those numbers aren't real. Those people are not, they don't have hundreds of thousands of followers. It's all fake. Everything on TV is fake. Even on YouTube, it's fake. And you can do it if you want to, but just remember, you're, you're playing pretend. Everything on a screen is pretend. It's not real. What's real is going out there and scraping chicken shit off of the fucking coop. <laughs> That's real, you know. And when the cat gets attacked, this poop is funny. Yeah, like cats get attacked by you know. Just, I just remind her that the things on the screens are not real, and she doesn't seem to get bothered by it too much. I mean, but then again, that's I good. I don't know. I don't know. That's good advice. And me just said Some something kids in the are chat. Be more susceptible, you know, to that stuff than others. Depends on the yeah, kid, really. Yeah, for sure. And I think, like I said, I've been. I'm, I feel super lucky that my kid doesn't seem to be susceptible to the programming. I mean, it's there. It's there for sure. But that's when I step in and I get to counter it in ways that are experientially based that I feel like makes some sort of an impact, you know. For us, we kind of just had the benefit or the bl being blessed enough to just have our kids always with us, you know, uh, my wife and I mostly work from home. I do some stuff like outside the house with real estate, but you know, we don't have a sitter. We don't have a service. We're not going to t send them to schools. They're just like always with us. That's so great. we can set this stage in this way where I don't have to worry about, Oh, I handed them off to this person for eight hours mm -hmm. and now they've seen this and this and they're exposed to this and all of that. Like yeah. it's all you know, they pretty much, with few exceptions, just know what we've shown them. And, you know, that's, they're also, that's my awesome. oldest is going to be, uh, just turned four in August. So, you know, they're not super old yet, mm -hmm. but it's, I just kind of, the older they get and the more society goes to shit. I mean, I don't, myself, I don't like to go out into society anymore over these past two years. I don't like to even go to the grocery store. I don't like to go where motherfuckers are. I don't like to go yeah. to concerts. I don't like to go, I don't like to go out there into that. I feel like I'm putting myself at risk, just being in the public at all. I do not and like so, it. So I, I, I totally you know, know it, man. I know it. I, if I can avoid that to a minimum for myself, then it's way, it's even easier for 
me to keep my kids from it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what's yeah. what age? Let me just give a just to get an exact example. What age would you let a kid watch something like Flapjack or SpongeBob or Adventure Time? I don't know what those shows are except for SpongeBob. Yeah, I only know SpongeBob. I don't know what Flapjack is. Flapjack was why rated for seven and older, but it was like SpongeBob, I, but it was way darker and creepier. I don't don't like eight up cartoons, and there have been some that have that have come on. In fact, most uh, of them are terrible. Di Disney redid like a whole series of Mickey Mouse that are super eight up. I don't know if you've seen them, but like when I first saw them, I thought it was just some kind of weird Adult Swim fucking mickey is, mouse parody Ser servo what in is, the chat knows about mean? flapjack hell yeah servo flapjack's the shit what does uh, eight, eight up mean eight up is like uh like uh, eight I'm years gonna, and up right i thought eight it was y7 up, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, eight is up there a like new rating up, i thought it was y7 I'm saying. and then tv i'm PG. saying like ate up eight up is like something it means like oh. that something's fucked up or that something is disturbing in nature when I don't say eight show up, your I mean kids like, that. Like you ever seen Super Jail? That's probably like the most eight no. up cartoon I can no. think of. It's like I, or Ren and Stimpy Super is pretty, is, you know. Super Jail it's is just uh, uh, Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy is hilarious and and soft. Ren and Stimpy is like Super it's, Jail's it's TV like MA mature Here's adult. An idea. Yeah. Um, maybe just let your kids tell you what they want to watch. <laughs> And then so, observe, no. observe what, the, nope. and, then, and no. then observe what they're watching, and and then fucking put the put the clamp down when you say no. I How mean, old do you have no. to be to watch Always just, Sunny in Philadelphia? If if something's on, on that they're man. watching and it, and it sucks, I I turn it off. Totally, so that's exactly. Else, you know? That's it. Say hey, you're not watching this anymore, and they go, oh come on, dad, and then you smack him and you say, shut the fuck up, go back to bed. <laughs> now you got it. And then you beat your wife. Dude, being a dad is easy. Being a dad yeah. is easy. Hey, something yeah. really weird just happened. I don't know what it was, but my clean feed just, it's every, but all, all three of yours, like when you start talking about Mickey Mouse, now all three of you have high pitched voices, and I've never had this happen. So I'm going to recess oh, so that the, no recess so the, the whole episode doesn't this, sound like you? you guys are on helium. Give me one second. I am on helium. Yeah. What if we are doing helium? Wait, now you sound fine. Okay, never mind. Whippets. I don't know what that was. It went for like a minute there, so I wonder if the recording will capture. Anyway, oh jeez, that was fixed. I was like, I, I'm not that high. Jesus, I don't know, know, man. Let's Dude, blame my, it on the weed, everybody. Yeah, we, yeah. We always try to likes... limit the amount of TV. Really, we do. Yeah, you know, and even now, like in our in our house, there's one television, and that's not on very often. So. I'm I'm not letting him be around it until he can talk. Yeah. Like even as an infant, I don't like having it on around him. Yeah. It's not a bad idea, but you know, have fun trying to occupy that kid's attention. Oh, sometimes you have to resort to this, no question. Sometimes you gotta do yeah. it. Yeah, you yeah. have to. You have to. But you know, I know I've known parents like I know somebody who, you know, their kid <clears throat> really and I I could have my head up my ass. But this kid, um, from the time he could hold a bottle, right, was holding a fucking iPad. And I've watched Ugh. this kid from, you know, very, you know, infancy to, I guess he's maybe in six or seven years old now. And he, I think he's pretty well, pretty far along that spectrum of autism. And I think it's the, I think that fucking iPad was a major contributor to his condition. Hmm. Because Could it be, was man. never out of his hands. Never. Well, it's definitely not, it's not helping. <laughs> 
No, it's like kept, kept them from socialization, probably. Yeah, yeah of course. It has to. Yeah. yeah. It has to. My daughter wants a phone because she sees, you know, I mean, she has a tablet, but like we recently, I just got her a, a, a new one. Well, let, let me rephrase that. I found a tablet in the drawer <laughs> and I just wiped it back down to factory and uh, just put some games on it for her for Christmas. Nice. Yeah. Um, and, and that's all she wants. She wants to have like a YouTube app and some games and some mm-hmm. reading apps. And so I wiped everything else out except for those things. And she says she wants a phone. And I say, no, you know, you, you're not going to have a phone no. for a long time until you can have a, a, a learner's permit is you're going to have a phone. Good yep. for you. <laughs> I, I wasn't allowed I mean, to get a phone until I could buy it with my own money. And I'm going to tell my kid the same thing. There you go. Yeah. yeah. But dad, that's I won't good. be able to go outside because I need my phone for the Vax passport. Yeah. Shit. And then there's that. <laughs> How about that? You don't no, need to go outside. Don't worry. I'm in. I'm I got in all the vitamin. I got all the Infowars brand vitamin D here, son. You don't need to go outside. <laughs> so I'm curious, up, uh, Dean. I know you're up in. Uh, you're up in. Uh, you know, the Northwest there. And then communist um, uh, Oregon. Yeah, just above you. Okay, and uh, and I know that uh, Chris is what in one of the Carolinas or Tennessee. Tennessee, or somewhere down there. Yeah. Tennessee. Okay, and uh, Sir Spencer, I don't know where you are. Um, What's, We're in Kansas City. Kansas City. Okay. What's so? What's yeah. everybody's deal with this Vax passport shit? We I've, have one rolling out in March. They're gonna hit you with that in March. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. We haven't had word on anything. I mean, uh, we're always at the front of the line on the lawsuits against it, and um, good. Just d- opposing all of the mandates. Kansas City itself had supposedly a mask mandate. In the city limits for the last. Hey, uh, I hate to cut you off, but I need to. At least. I need to it's re- probably longer. I need to refresh something because this shit keeps doing the helium thing and it's freaking okay. me out. Give me, give me thirty seconds. Okay. Hopefully this will fix it. Thirty right. seconds. I'm like, All what right. the starting now? Somebody play the Jeopardy. Hey, the, 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 in Kansas City, we. Uh, it's like, what the hell? <laughs> <All right. Kansas. laughs> people has a mask on and right. that's about it nice yeah for that here you voice meter but i've never had the let's make everybody sound like a a kid from south park until tonight that's <laughs> weird <laughs> that is weird all right <clears throat> sorry pick uh, pick it up spencer you're talking about kansas city front of the line something in in my experience here, Kansas City is kind of operating under the COVID stuff like they operated during Prohibition, where like all of the signs go up and these are, you know, everybody's like, this is the rule and the businesses all have the sign up and then nobody says anything about enforcement of it. And in, in the city, you still have a lot of masks. I mean, I just went to the grocery store tonight and had a lot of masks, but there's, I want to say since... Uh, probably since the spring or summer, whenever they said, uh, you remember for like two glorious weeks, they were like, okay, vaxxed people don't have to wear a mask anymore, but Mm -hmm. uh, unvaxxed still do. And that was kind of the end of it where people were like, 
okay, fuck it, I'm not wearing one anymore. And then right away they said, oh, wait, everyone still has to wear it again. But ever since then, everyone here has just kind of been like, either they're all bought in and they're still like wiping their door handles of their cars with wipes when they get in, or they just don't give a shit. And that's the the category I'm in. I don't don't give a shit. And then like what Midas was saying, if you drive probably 30 minutes from downtown in any direction – you get to that where there's no masks and there's no signs and there's no, you know, there's just like yeah. a couple of people and they're weirdos and they have masks on, you know? Yeah. Things are going pretty fast backwards here in Oregon. It seems like That's over wild, the last though. few months, things were really kind of progressing and people were really, you know, um, taking the mat. It's like a 50, 50, you know, has the there time. been a lot of uh, movement from this Omicron or whatever? No, man. No one. I mean, as far as just like them changing the rules, is what I mean. Like, no, that's that's definitely coming now that you know the first confirmed case in California. Uh, it's definitely course. coming. I mean, this is the thing, dude. Our our governor recently, about two weeks ago, met with the prime minister of Austria and did a oh. little photo op. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, You're fucked. You're fucked, yeah, of, man. Of course, of course, it's just about you know Green New Deal stuff and uh, and the right. ESGs. It's all that. Sure. But I mean, it's it's there. And there's um, some podcasters I know here here in Oregon, Truthzilla. Shout out! They had a little um, they had a little expose of oncoming um, COVID passport legislation and paperwork, and it's all in the bag. It's going to be rolled out in March. And this happened to be on the heels of the same week that Kate Brown, our governor, met with the prime minister of Austria for ESGs. And it just makes perfect sense. And now that we got the Omicron, oh, my God, the fucking whatever it is, call it whatever you want. It's a great it's a great reason to lock things down again. You know, it's coming. Um, uh, But the business model fucked us all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just uh, it's just it's just been kind of backsliding around here. I mean. Yeah. There are, you know, in this tiny town I live in, there's most places you, most of the time, most people don't give a shit about masks. I don't go anywhere wearing a mask anymore at all in mm-hmm. my little town. I just don't wear it and I go wherever I want. Yep. And there's a couple of little bar restaurants that like you have to walk in and be seated. Um, so you have to wait to be seated and we never do. We just walk in like a boss and go straight to the bar and sit down before they can say anything, you know? And then they'll hand us a mask and I'll put it over there on a couple seats down and I'll leave it there when we leave. And I get up to go look at the menu and, you know, whatever. It's just, it just seems like it's kind of going a little bit backwards a little fast here in Oregon. So, I don't know. I mean, honestly, though, my daughter doesn't give a fuck. She doesn't care. She doesn't care about masks as much as I do. She doesn't care at all about masks. Yeah. Nor should she. She's well, impervious to the fucking virus. Yeah. Well, well, the, well she doesn't right. care about it, but she wears it because right. she has to at school. Right. And she has an aftercare program at school, which is at the school. She does like this kind of like aftercare daycare thing for a couple hours uh, three days a week. And she has to wear it there, too. Oregon finally let go of the masks outside thing. I don't know if the school districts oh have God. caught up with that, but yeah, they were making kids do PE and and oh, recess with assholes. masks outside. Outside, I know, man. dude. It, it kills me. It fucking makes me so mad, and I can't do anything about it because I can't pull her out of school. Yeah. it's not my decision. I'm a co-parent, you know. Right. 
So I, I literally have to just like, uh, yeah. I have to just sit here and take it, you know, but it doesn't affect my daughter the way it affects me. It doesn't sure. affect her at all. And it's, so that's what I have to remember all the time is that this bullshit mm. is so fake and she's not concerned about it. She is so lucky yeah. that she just doesn't care. She doesn't care. Doesn't even think you about know? it. It's great. It's wild to have a kid be this young going through all that because it's like they don't really have a big concept of how abnormal all of this shit is. No, you know, no. it's just kind of well, this is so, what's going on and this is how me, it's been. You know, let me put it into perspective. So she was in preschool in 2019. Um, well, I guess it was first grade. No, no. It was preschool at a public school. She was in preschool in 2019 and she'd been in a daycare situation ever since she was about a year old for most days of the week um, for about five hours a day. And then she was in preschool for the entire year of 2019 and it blew her mind. She loved it because she was in this big group. She loved the idea of a school and a teacher and a little locker, a little cubby and all, you know, all these things. All these group things. And then coronavirus happened. And then she had to stay home. Uh, well, she, start, she started first grade in, uh, in the tail end of 2019. And then come Christmas time, you know, she ended up going home for Christmas and staying home. And then she was really confused for all of 2020. Had no idea why she couldn't go back to school. Had no idea why we couldn't go to Subway and get a sandwich or go inside this place or go inside this place. She didn't know why we had to wait in a line to go to Target. Um, and now she knows that there's just this thing that's going on and she doesn't know what it is. Um, so the entire first, so she had, she had her taste of like what it's like to be in a classroom with kids. And then that was taken away for a year. And now she's back in the classroom with kids, but she has to wear a mask and she doesn't give a fuck because she's in the classroom with kids. She's in the classroom. She has best friends. She does yeah. these things. And so she's like, I don't care. You know, I'll just, I'll just wear a mask. She knows. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's told me she doesn't just, she doesn't like to wear it. doesn't feel good, but it's to her, it's worth it to be in a social group, you mm -hmm. know? in a situation like that. So, so Leela, um, six months before this all started, got into a cartoon where one of her favorite characters wore a mask as just like one of the little cartoon character things. So she wanted to wear a mask to school before this all started. Hmm. And now <laughs> she like got her wish that she gets to. <laughs> so that makes it more complicated because I wanted to raise a stink at the school about the kids wearing a mask, but she's like, dad, just, just no, I like I like the mask. Let me have this, Dad. <laughs> Just let me have this. Oh, how man. old is Leela? Uh, Leela is eleven. Eleven. Is that is that you, Metis? Yeah, yeah. What's up? Hey, Metis. Hey, Sorry, Hello, I, Metis. I, I stepped out for a second. Um, it's good to hear your voice. Thanks. Good to hear y'all too, Larry. I don't think I've met you. It's nice to meet uh, you. We've had some interchanges in the NAS, but uh, here we are. All right. Audio. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, yeah. The the mask thing. I I want I want to go up to the school and you know talk to some folks. But she's like, no, no, no. I like it. She's making them, and you know it's it's a whole thing. So yeah. yeah. If it makes them happy and adds dimension to their life, you know, right. That's you know it goes back to what I said earlier. It makes our jobs richer to counter that narrative, but also embrace their abilities and and help them to be a part of something 
make something, have an activity that brings their life more meaning and dimension, even if it is based in mind control, um, we have an obligation to counter the mind control. That's funny because she well, got in trouble for wearing the mask before it all started. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what type of mask the was is, it? The, yeah, what time? I want to know what kind of mask. Her, she, some, it has like a, like a, a bear mouth drawn on it or something. Mm. Um, so and like a little or like a little cat whiskers thing. I don't know. It's from some cartoon. Um, but it's <laughs> so like it's, it's like a cloth mask. mask. Yeah, basic cloth mask. Yeah. Now I while and we're still on the mask the nose thing, and mouth like all these or like a whole Halloween mask thing. Whole oh face, no, it's just, just the it's mouth. just the nose and mouth. She actually just made one out of beads, uh, and mm-hmm. she's gonna tuck one of the little a little piece of cloth in the back when she wears that <laughs> one in next week uh, to see if they. they <laughs> allow that or not she's she's pushing limits she's uh seeing where lines are <laughs> my kid loves it and hates it when i wear my my full head cover gorilla mask my my halloween gorilla mask because <laughs> i do that when we have to when we have to go somewhere when they have to make us wear a mask make me because they'll no one this is the thing dude no one has ever 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 made me put a mask on my kid in public except yeah, for same. the schools Never. Oh, no store, no restaurant, no nothing. No one's ever said, oh, your daughter needs to work. No donut shop, no nothing. Yeah. It's always the adult. Doctor's you know, office and, is the only one. And, and so <laughs> whenever we do, and it, luckily we've never had to go to a doctor's office, but whenever we have to wear a mask, I wear this gorilla mask. And she's like, oh, my God, Dad, don't wear the gorilla mask. I'm like, well, they That's need awesome. me to wear a mask. This I, is my mask. I uh, <laughs> Around Halloween, especially the liquor store I work at, but most of the banks and shops and everywhere will have these signs up no masks allowed like every year they do for years because they don't want people <laughs> wearing a halloween mask to rabbit but it but because those signs were all prepped before covid it just says no masks allowed which i loved with this halloween around like the all october no masks allowed was up everywhere and yeah. i went in i went into work and my boss who's double vaccinated and afterwards got really sick with covid after both pfizer jabs Got really sick with COVID, mm-hmm. and he's still wearing a mask. And I said, "The sign you put up says no mask allowed." He goes, "What? It says no mask allowed. You're wearing a mask." He's like, "He's an Indian, so he's like, oh no, no Halloween mask." Me, I was like, "So then it's different." And I was like, "Well, you better change the sign." And then I started doing that. I, I did that at the bank I go to because I it, the only place if they tell me to wear a mask, any grocery store, any place like we don't have to wear masks where I work. But the only place I put on a mask for is the bank. And I don't even do that anymore. Once the vaccine rolled out, they kind of gave up on that. But uh, I, I brought that up. Like, I, I've I, three or four businesses in here in town have now changed their signs to no Halloween uh, uh, double underline masks allowed because I kept going, it says no masks allowed, and you're all wearing masks. Oh, I don't know what the God. hell you're doing. We, we had a big issue when the mask mandates came around because I, I teach concealed carry. And one of the rules here is you can't concealed carry while also wearing a mask. Right. Mm. So I had hundreds of my previous students emailing me, calling me, texting me, you know, hey, I don't know what to do. I want to carry, but I can, you know, they're making me wear a mask. And so we ended up having to get the Sheriff's Association in North Carolina, um, you know, involved and they sent out this thing saying that if you're wearing a mask because of the mask mandate, then you're allowed to wear a mask and carry it at the same time. Nice. <laughs> we won't prosecute for that. You, they should just they oh should just make gosh. a transparent mask so you can yeah. still, still see your yeah. picture. <laughs> now, uh, the, you guys know who Kevin Smith is, right? 
directs good movies sometimes, yeah. but is yeah. totally oh, retarded. Is the, he is the, yep. he is, I think he's being gang stalked right now, actually. He looks like a he looks Dude, like shit. I've never <laughs> seen a grown man in my life post as many selfies of himself crying while he looks in the camera, let alone about the latest <laughs> Marvel movie. Like every time he, I know, man. Every know. time he he's not thinking his own thoughts. It's not. He's got to be on a, someone else. Every time he's had to be I on mean, a he's pure soy diet for a long time. Like the, if there's a, any candidate of mind control via SSRIs, it's Kevin Smith. It, uh, what was that show? Uh, that Marvel show that was on Netflix? Uh, maybe it's Disney Plus. Um, Daredevil, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision. WandaVision. Um, and WandaVision. WandaVision. Every time an episode of WandaVision came out, Kevin Smith would post a selfie, like like emotional selfie with him looking in the camera all teary-eyed. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? Like, I have the F word pass. I'll it? say it. He's a fucking faggot. But uh, he, he, uh, he posted this. He's a this. fat faggot. Dude, yeah. He was fat. He's he like, doesn't look yeah, so fat right. anymore. Yeah. He he got the uh, John Goodman treatment or whatever. Well, he, got the, he had a heart man. attack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they they he went but he 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 traveled into the future and got the Moderna. <laughs> but no, but uh, Kevin Smith. I think this is from today. He deleted the tweet afterwards, from what I can tell. But this is him taking a selfie with his tip. He's not crying, but he's looking right in the camera, wearing his backwards baseball hat. He's got a N95 mask and then a cloth mask on top of that. With his Apple earbuds in, uh, <laughs> he's he's out on top of a mountain with the city behind him, out in the out, fresh open air, taking a selfie. And he says, "Hiked Runyon for the first time in a month. Went hiking. A maskless pass. <laughs> I can't even do this with a straight face. A maskless <laughs> passerby told me, quote, two masks is overkill.' I replied, Batman wears a masks.'" Or Batman wears a mask. Then the maskless guy looked at me like I was an idiot. In moments like this... He is an idiot. Yeah. In moments like this, instead of arguing, I like to counter unsolicited opinion with unsolicited fact. And the reason he deleted this is because everyone started replying with pictures of Batman's mask, which doesn't cover his nose or mouth. The opposite of of what is worn... He should have said Bane wears a mask. Yeah. Oh, but that doesn't really help either, does yeah. it? Dude, oh, what a no. fucking Runyon, idiot, dude. Who go, I mean, Runyon <laughs> Canyon. Runyon Canyon is where every Hollywood asshole goes to, you know, walk their dog and jog yeah. and all that shit. You know, because he's a Hollywood dog. asshole. He is, yeah. dude. That's it. He's filth. He's scum. That new, uh, that new Jay and Silent Bob was the worst movie I've ever seen. I can't I, watch I, anything from that dildo, man. I, I gave up after Clerks. Clerks, I could barely get through Clerks, and then everything yeah, after that has just Dean. been a complete disaster. Fuck all that shit. It's all mind control. It's there to dumb you down. Yeah. You have to resist. Resist we much. Anything from that dildo. Fuck him. I like how he, he <laughs> made a, a He-Man remake that barely had He-Man in it, if at all. And then when any all, all the He-Man fans like criticized his... Uh, his response to the critics of He-Man was, you're racist and sexist because you don't like my He-Man reboot that doesn't have He-Man in it. Well, Sounds right. Yeah. But I mean, have you they- seen uh, kind of in related stuff, the uh, this new HBO Christmas movie that's getting a bunch of uh, hate and pushback? Well, 8-Bit, is that what it is? What is this? Uh, Fau- is this Fauci Santa Saves Inc. Christmas or something? No, it's the Santa Inc. thing. Uh, Seth oh, Rogen. Oh, God. 
And, oh, uh, oh, fuck. No, 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 no. Can't do it. I will it. watch nothing with that, with that fucking it's, pile of shit. It's him and Sarah yeah. Silver, bro. You. It's like... Oh, my God. No, 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 no. And literally, this is the plot. This Uh, is the plot. Sorry, are you Jewish, Spencer? (laughs) No. Well, that's what, that's what Seth, anytime Seth Rogen gets in an argument, like, uh, with anybody about anything on Twitter, it's like, are you Jewish? Well, then you're not allowed to talk about this. (laughs) I can feel the fucking evil. Yeah. Well, the the plot is there needs to be a new Santa or whatever, you know, and there's been many Santas over the time. But oh, you're Jewish, all, right? They've all been white males, and that's like this big problem. And so this oh, elf God, is going to... This elf, no. Silver, Sarah Silverman, is lobbying to be the next no. Santa. It's just such like... It's just an attack and a fuck you on Christmas. And it's also... It's like all the sausage party people, so it's just like a crude and dumb... The, all of the jokes aren't even funny, you know. Oh, I watched, but yeah, God, you're so right. Don't, and so don't, don't so like giving him clicks. Don't fucking look at that shit. Not even it's for a just, second. Yeah, it's just a cash machine. That's all exactly. it is. It's oh, just is a it? cash oh. machine. It, it's, it's a push the button, outrage. take the money, and then right. next week there'll be another button to push, take the money, and the next yep. week there'll be a different button to push to take the money. It's a scam. So, so it's I horrible. had uh, I had veto on. That's what it, you got to keep uh, your daughter from. That's what you got to keep yeah, your kid. Yeah, no from. doubt, no you doubt. You got to keep your kid away from all that shit. Yeah, uh, because sure. the fucking assholes who push that shit, the kind of guys that are like, hey, you know, have you seen this movie? This is so rad. These are the oh, kind sure. of guys that are in the eight clips that I sent you. Which, oh yes, if you want to, yeah, let's get to those clips. Those, I had a, I just those came are to light, a they're light, they're lighthearted, you know. I got the clips pulled up. I just came to a revelation. A revelation. A revelation. A revelation. A revelation. Nice. No, I had a. I had a revelation <laughs> here. I, I just. I it just. It just hit me when you were talking about the Santa Inc. show. Uh, I had Vito on, and I know you were on. Who are these podcasts? Uh, recently, Larry with Vito. Uh, well, it was kind of like uh, Vito was done, and I. Be- I had like you know, twenty seconds of Vito. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Technically, he, yes. He tagged you in. <laughs> but yeah. so I no, I had Vito on right before this show. Uh and mm-hmm. of course any I'm anybody who doesn't know the story, he and Dick Masterson went to the Dave Chappelle Netflix protest and they had signs that right. said, Dave is funny, jokes are funny, we like Dave, we like jokes were the signs. Nice. And the Netflix writers hated that to the point where they assaulted them. And I just mm-hmm. came to the realization as to why. Because jokes are funny and we like jokes should not be offensive to you unless you are a Netflix writer because they don't do jokes. <laughs> right. they, they don't, don't do jokes. They, they don't. Yeah. That just clicked for me. They're doing shows about how Santa yeah. should be black trans and a midget. They do, oh, they it's do only, that. you don't think it's Woke, funny because uh, you're a racist, yeah. misogynist. Yeah. Instead of laughter, they're going for that clap. Yes. Yes. The clap comic. Oh, yes, Queen. Live from the Moderna Center in downtown New York, it's Late Night with Jimmy! Tonight's guest, First Lady Tom Kardashian. And now here he is, the king of woke comedy, Jimmy! Wow. Wow, what a terrific audience. What a fantastic audience. Wow. Jeez, what's the deal with these Mexicans, huh? I mean, they have fabulous food, their country has amazing beaches, and they're really fantastic people. 
Wow, what a great audience. You know, today I was on the subway, and I saw an ad for the Center for People Who Identify as Homosexual But Were Born Bi. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? I'll tell you one thing. Those people are brave and deserve every ounce of our respect. Yeah. And you know what? They're not writers. All those assholes do is sit in a room all day long and try to figure out what they can steal and repaint and, and hawk off as something fresh. And yep. These people are sick. Is. They are sick. They're not writers. You want to start with your uh, first clip or what do you got here, Dean? They're all just labeled by numbers, so I don't know. Yeah, these are all just, you know, lighthearted. <laughs> what is with this helium shit? Oh, my God. Are you guys hearing this? <laughs> no. Oh it's my just god. You. I think you're high, Chris. Yeah, you bombing. must be uh This is going to be the like if if the recording is going down this way, this is going to be the fucking weirdest episode to listen to cuz like the Good. last half hour every now and again everybody sounds like everybody sounds like this. <laughs> Getting high with dads. All right, sorry, Dean. First clip. No, it's cool. No, I just I I sent you these because like, you know, you you know me, dude. I'm I'm I can be kind of a hard ass and my show can be pretty dark. I've been trying to get optimistic about things and try to find some light and some shiny stuff and some good things. And so I found a handful of pretty cool clips that make me feel really good about being a man and a dad and just to kind of maybe steer the show into a more positive direction um, rather than all the negative and the COVID and all the mind control shit. Um, so we could start off with a uh, classic, classic example of radness with clip number one if you want. Doucette, a karate instructor, had abducted 11-year-old Jody Plochet several weeks earlier. And oh, so we're already we're already starting off with a positive oh. story about child abduction. I this like is that. The, this is the greatest video positive. ever recorded. Ever it's a, it's recorded. A, this is it's it. good. It's a good story. Yes. All right, I'll start. Doucette, a karate good. instructor, had abducted 11-year-old Jody Plochet several weeks earlier and taken him to California. When Jody was rescued and returned to his family. His father, Gary, was coping with reports that Doucette had sexually assaulted his son. We didn't know what to do. You just feel helpless. Ten days later, when the police flew Doucette back to face trial, Gary Plochet was waiting with a gun. As the suspect came through the airport, uh, I readied my camera, raced it up uh, to get a close-up shot of him. As so I got a close-up shot, and as he got parallel to me... Gary Plochet uh, shoots and kills him. Gary, why? Gary, why? And to this day, it stands out in my mind, the uh, shooter, Gary Plochet, says, if it had been your child, you would have done the same thing, too. Today, Abram McGull is an assistant U.S. attorney and views that tape through the eyes of a federal prosecutor. I would have to say the videotape was the most ideal witness in this case. You can actually see him take the gun out of his boot, pull it up to the shoulder lever of Jeff Doucette, and pull the trigger and shoot him. Yet Plochet, after pleading no contest to manslaughter, got off with only five years probation. Well, there you have it. Good. Positive. Fuck yeah. yeah. That that King. leads back to the top of the show. Dads do have a license to kill. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. It, it's all going to loop back to the top of the show. <laughs> I just think that's a really, it's a good story, man. It makes you feel really good. Oh, 
It's the feel good um, video of the century. I love it's a that. feel good. Yeah. Feel good video of the century. So that song, I don't know if you know that band filter Chris or any of you guys filter. Mm-hmm. I've kind of like early my familiar. I think I've heard some of their stuff. Early nineties that they had that one hit wonder song. Hey man, nice shot. Oh yeah. Uh, that song, that song was written about Gary Pluchet. Really? No I thought kid. it was about the yeah. senator who shot himself on camera. Oh, it, it may have been that. Of course, I learned everything from the internet, so it could be wrong. But in either case, I we, we can pretend that it is about Gary Pluchet. S- subject's a little too heavy for Fun Fact Friday, but I'll uh, I'll pass it by the producers. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, it's only Wednesday. That's a, that's a good one. So yeah, that was a good one. It makes you feel good. It's a feel good story. Yes. Oh yeah. Being a dad. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Being a dad. That guy, you know, so Gary Pluchet recently died. He was in a nursing home for the last like year or so of his life. And there was a little interview. I didn't clip it, but there's an interview with him. And uh, he said he had zero regrets and he would do it all over again if he had to. Beautiful. Years Good later, thing. you know, I think that's I'm- awesome. I'm I'm losing my mind with this helium shit. My immediate feeling (laughs) is to kill him. So he will never hurt anybody again. We don't identify child abuse victims or their relatives to protect the family. So in talking to the victim's father, we're obscuring his likeness, though he believes the face of the accused, 18-year-old Raymond Frolander, is getting too much publicity. The victim's father doesn't regret his reaction after walking in on Frolander allegedly abusing his boy. But he isn't bragging about it either. He is, however, bragging about the victim, his son. My son saved Raymond. Raymond was motionless on my floor. I went to my kitchen to grab a butcher knife. My son stopped me. My son came in front of me and saved his attacker's life. The father says he treated Frolander like one of his own and says police reports that Frolander was abusing the boy for the last three years are wrong. He claims there was an attempt three years ago, but then Frolander left town and only recently returned. The victim never told anyone about the attempt, so Dad knew nothing until he witnessed the sexual battery. He said the person who assaulted, he's, he's not, he's, you beat him up, you just, Oh, I'll, yeah, you want, send him an ambulance. He's going to need one. The beating was brutal, but not life-threatening, and the father says that's because of his 11-year-old, who Dad thinks forgives Frolander. I think he must have because he saved his life. You don't necessarily forgive Raymond, but your son. It's going to be a long time before I can ever forgive that, if I can. Suspect Frolander remains at the Volusia County Jail without bond. In Daytona Beach. Daytona. Dad. (laughs) You're picking some good ones here, Dean. Way to go, Dad. (laughs) You know, I I just wanted to bring just some some positive feel-good stories to the (laughs) conversation. (laughs) You know? Just yeah. a, a little softer angle. Nice. You know, just to kind of back up whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever anxiety you might be going through. Just a little salve. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Yep. Things get bad. You can always lock and load. Totally. And then get off with yeah. five years probation. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> Duct tape holds a 17-year-old girl's bedroom window closed after a terrifying incident early Sunday morning. What could have been a very tragic situation for a 17-year-old girl has turned into the death of the assailant. The assailant was a convicted sex offender who broke into the house wearing nothing but a mask and latex gloves. He had in his possession a knife, 
There's some rope, uh, some condom. It was about three in the morning when the girl's parents were awakened. She awoke, uh, saw this naked man in the bedroom uh, with a mask on. She started screaming. The father subdued the man by wrapping his arms around the man's neck. When police arrived, the suspect had died. His wife called 911, and that's when the police arrived and found him on the floor with his arm around the neck of of Mr. Myers uh, struggling, holding him down. Authorities say the assailant, 52-year-old David Myers, had a history of heart trouble. The father is not expected to be charged. Judy Boyce of the Associated Press. Yeah, uh, heart trouble in <laughs> more than one way than two. That he choked him out. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. Choked him out, man. Finds a naked man. Nice. Uh, okay, so here's a guy who's butt naked <laughs> to the wind. With nothing but a mask over his face, definitely not a COVID mask. This is way a long time ago, and a knife. And that's all he's out there. He's got a mask and a knife and nothing else, and he's so confident. What the fuck kind of mind control, crazy, demonic possession to where you take off all of your clothes, nothing on, but a mask, and you take a knife, and then yeah, that fucking king dad strangles <laughs> his ass to death on the floor. Kills him. There's a there's a lot of sick uh, pornos. No that charges. Start that way, but they end no with charges. the guy not getting killed. So this was a happy. No interest. charges. <laughs> no no criminality at all. No. Yeah. Where I'm at, if somebody's in your house uninvited, you can kill them. Yep. Yeah. Same here. That's just the, the law. The, the castle doctrine. Yeah. So take you a nap. So I'm, I, I brought these clips for you, Chris. <laughs> just because i mean you know we asked you at the top of the show right you know what's the, the the apex anxieties that you have as a father to me like there's nothing worse than that like that's that's the apex everything else you can handle everything else is instinctual and natural you'll just yeah. know you'll know you'll know how to navigate through the mask bullshit you'll know how to navigate through the I, coronavirus to the doctor's business yeah. through the economics through all the bullshit mind control on tvs and screens and social peer pressure as an intelligent person chris you will know how to do it and if you don't know immediately it will come to you because you are perfect you're already the best dad ever period it's this weird anomalous shit that's out in the world that we need to train ourselves for. And we do that through, I, th I think, exposing ourselves through different types of art. And by art, I mean film, cinema, horror, movies. It's these weird things that are just feeding that that instructional video in the back of your mind at all times, how to respond in situations, you know? And, and you so, got you to gotta teach the kid that stuff too. That's something we've done yeah. with Leela as long as she's been able to understand language is she knows what to do if she hears a commotion in the house and she thinks that there might be an intruder, she's got specific spots in each room she goes to, gets as low as she can and covers herself. Like gets covered go. up with a sheet or whatever. And uh, she, at her age now, she knows how to handle a firearm. She knows how to, you know, all that good stuff. Um, but you prepare them. You say, if this is happening, this is what you do. If this is happening, this is what you do. Um, and let them know crazy stuff happens. Yeah, yeah. dude. All right, Beatus, I got a question for you. You said that Leela yeah. understands how to use a firearm. When did you decide that this was a good time to start that instruction or at least to bring that awareness soon, to her that there, there is such a thing as this kind of a tool? It. As soon as she started when, asking about it. When was that? Like what age Four. range? 
four years old. And why do you suspect she was asking at four years old about firearms? Because I was watching a firearm video on YouTube. Okay. And because <laughs> uh, I was nice. looking at getting a new gun, and uh, she's like, "Why is the bullets coming out of the side of the gun? You know, like the spent uh, casings." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, you're old enough to ask about it. It's old enough for me to teach you about it." So I took her in the other room, uh, disassembled a couple firearms, explained how they work, explained what they do. Uh, about a, a year later, because um, that was the first chance we had to get out there, a lot was going on back then. Um, we we got out to the range. And she's got her little single shot 22. Um, mm-hmm. It only holds one round at a time. So there's no, you know, chance of her just pulling, pulling trigger, pulling trigger. Mm-hmm. And we showed her what a bullet, even just a little 22, can do to a watermelon and wow. can do to a piece of metal. And, you know, we showed her the damage it can do. <laughs> and we took away all of the curiosity. Yeah. So if I'm being irresponsible and leave my gun somewhere it's not supposed to be, there's no, ooh, ooh, it's gone. Let me, let me mess with it. She knows exactly what it can do, exactly how it works. And she knows she is not to touch it. And if there's any other kids about to touch a gun or with a gun, to stop them in any way possible and get an adult. So awesome. you just start real early and take away the curiosity. I've said it before Did and I'll ever... say it again. My son is going to be shooting guns and eating pussy before his third birthday. <laughs> did oh uh did did Leela ever show any signs of being scared or intimidated about uh, there being a gun in the house or like what a gun can do or that you owned and operated and possessed firearms? Never. Um but I mean I'm also I'm a firearms instructor. Mm-hmm. So it's just been there her whole life. Um and I've always been very open about talking about them with her and things like that. Uh, so it's never really come up. Um, plus where we live and all the people that we know are all very into the gun culture and understand it all too. So it's kind of, it's kind of all around, you know? Right. Um, So my brother's a gunsmith. My dad's also an instructor. My mom's also an instructor. So it's kind of everywhere. So my, my daughter's only exposure to guns is strictly through screens and on TV and in a fantasy world that depicts something that exists, but is only depicted in a fantasy world. She has no idea that I have a nine millimeter in the house. That's got a full clip right next to it. She has no idea even that I smoke cigarettes. I think she might have an idea that I smoke cigarettes, but it's something I've been successfully able to kind of keep 95% away from her completely consciously since she was born. She doesn't know. She doesn't know these things, and yet, I went to go visit a friend of mine last summer, and uh, she got to play with a BB gun, and she really enjoyed shooting a BB gun because there was a kid that was there was a girl about two years older than her um, that was, fun. yeah, they were having fun with this BB <laughs> gun, and she and before the BB gun came out, she was talking to this this new friend of hers who's two years older who was saying that she has a twenty two rifle and they're going to go shooting, and that blew my daughter's mind. I could see her being like, "Whoa, this girl who's." my age is going to go shoot a gun, dad. And I was like, yeah, that happens all the time. Everyone shoots guns. She didn't ask me if I shot guns, but I handed her the, you know, the 20, the little, uh, the BB gun. And uh-huh. she was weirded out by it. She was excited about it. She was interested in, in it. And, um, and so like I'm teetering on the edge of starting to introduce her to the world of firearms and to let her know that, 
there's a pistol here at the house when we go camping little do you know but i have a gun with us in the you know in this in this part of our camp gear there's a gun and i want to be able to show her how to use a 22 um, not that i'm like the most skilled practitioner with firearms but i want to be able to do that with her but the weird thing is is that you know i'm a fucking co-parent and the other part of this co-parenting thing is an extremely hardcore West Coast liberal social elite type of personality that thinks that all guns are evil, all cops are bastards. <laughs> right. And so I don't I'm I'm in this weird impasse not, where like and, and I also situation. I also My, uh, hate keeping mm-hmm. secrets. You know, I don't want to have a secret thing here mm-hmm. you know? my, co- I dean, my college to... professor in uh first year of college my he was my speech teacher my theater teacher my directing teacher took several classes with him you know what the wisest thing he ever told me was tell me never stick your dick in crazy <laughs> <laughs> now it doesn't help Chris. yeah if now, you, if you haven't <laughs> ever if you've never now. studied the hot crazy matrix then you'll know that's impossible <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Unless you want to just never stick your dick at all. That's true, yeah. Now, they, that, yeah, it, that's the only way to accomplish that is being gay. And if you, if you had done that, you wouldn't have your lovely daughter. So I, that's, I rescind my, yeah. I rescind my point. I think if you're all women are crazy, gay, you can still, you can still stick your dick in crazy. And I think the chances are higher, honestly. <laughs> Uh, you won't produce children, but you'll produce a lot of grown children that are already grown. I don't know. So, but yeah, <laughs> whatever. Get, get her if um, she needs to understand them. If you, if she's going to be in the same household as a firearm, she needs to understand what they are, how they work, and what they can do. Yeah, um, because TV lies. Even it shows sure that are very gun centric. I've seen an episode of uh, the zombie show Walking, Walking Dead, Dead. Yeah, where like Rick <laughs> yeah. picks up his revolver and it makes a shotgun cocking noise oh, when yeah. he picks it up, not <laughs> anything else. He just picked it up off the shelf and it made a like he's reading it. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> sure. Well, I remember reading in a Jason Byrne uh, novel how Jason uh, flicked off the safety on his Smith and Wesson revolver. How about that one? <laughs> okay. You know, you can, you can, you can add stuff. Um, <laughs> if you, yeah. if you want to ruin the gun, but <laughs> awesome mod dude, right? Sweet yeah. mod. I 3d printed it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think that's something that, um, that's just been on my mind for a while. And it's, it's really comforting to know that, that you have a that you have a an edge, I guess, on the the firearm safety and the relationship with your daughter, and that she has her own relationship with her own firearm, and understands the capacity of it. I think that's really cool. It's inspiring. It is, and that's why I'm buying both my kids mini guns this Christmas. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No Good luck around. finding <laughs> ammo. We're not whistling Dixie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dean, should we continue with was- these clips of dads? Killing people and getting away, Scott. <laughs> yeah, now that we're talking about Hell shooting, yeah. go ahead and go ahead and roll clip four. Thirtieth district court in Highland Park was filled with emotion as Jamar Pinkney Sr. was arraigned on first degree murder charges for shooting his fifteen year old son Jamar at point blank range Monday night. I don't understand. Dad shot his son. 
Okay. Oh, I think I remember that one. Yeah, Dad Shot His Own Son. Is horrible. It's pretty uplifting stuff here, yeah. A plea of not guilty to it... Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, play the clip. Blank rain Monday night. I don't understand what they mean. A plea of not guilty to man turn self in. How much more evidence do we need? Prosecutors say Pinckney came to the family's home on North in Highland Park after being told that the 15-year-old had inappropriately touched his three-year-old half-sister. Police say Pinckney ordered the high school sophomore to strip, took him outside, and shot him once in the head. Outside Boom. court, the young man's family was overcome with grief. No expressions, not just cold-hearted murder. Just cold-hearted, no. He deserves natural life, in my opinion, but who am I to judge? Let the judge have the final say. We just leave it up to God. His attorney says Pinkney may have been provoked by the teen's sexual abuse of his half-sister. There was an adequate provocation, something which would have made a reasonable person lose control of himself. That's certainly something that the prosecutor and a jury or a judge would have to take into account. One family friend who was at court today told us that this family is going to need all of the love that this city can give as they try to heal from such a horrific situation. Yeah, man. I, I will say I would be intimidated Dad by the whole city loving, loving me at once. <laughs> <laughs> the, there you go. I was waiting for a rim shot. Thank you. The, the stream is hearing the high pitchness, which means the recording's probably getting it too. So this is going to be the most wacky shit to listen to. Oh, hey, brother. Hey, everybody. Hey. It's always like when Dean's talking about the most serious part of his speech that he starts sounding high pitched too. So it's like, <laughs> like the most heartfelt moments. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh God! All right, all right. Uh, here we go. On June 9th, along this stretch of County Road 302 in rural Texas, a frantic father called 911 after finding a farmhand, Jesus Flores, allegedly sexually assaulting his little girl. The Lavaca County District Attorney's Office released the dramatic call. Well, that's 911, state emergency. I hear, I hear Okay. I hear an ambulance. This guy was my daughter and I beat him up and I don't know. I don't know what to do. The 911 audio is just part of the evidence presented to a Lavaca County grand jury who chose not to indict the father. District Attorney Heather McMinn tells us why. And under the law in the state of Texas, deadly force is authorized and justified in order to stop an aggravated sexual assault or a sexual assault. All the evidence that was presented by the Sheriff's Department and by the Texas Rangers indicated that that was in fact what was occurring when the victim's father arrived at the scene. For neighbor Michael Veit, the decision not to indict wasn't surprising. He grew up with a young man. We went to school with my kids. Um, great guy. I mean, calls me Mr. Vice. Yes, sir. No, sir. A well-mannered well kid. Prosecutors say you can hear the young father trying to say Flores in the 911 audio. I don't know about this. I don't know the address. I don't know nothing, ma'am. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to die. I'm going to be a freaking dime on me, ma'am. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You need to find me a road number. Vate hopes his neighbor's family can now recover. My man actually lost his life. It's sad, but I think justice was served that day. That doesn't sound too good. <laughs> Texas. There we go. And most, I guess I should have been paying more attention to the 
where each of these happened? Are most of these taking place in Texas, or is this just a smorgasbord of different states? Well, the no, first guy's Louisiana. Yeah, Louisiana, then Dayton, uh, or not not Dayton, uh, Daytona. Um, I'm not sure where the uh, uh, clip three took place or clip four, but uh, this one and the next one are both in Texas. Okay, next one. But yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say, though, that the idea of dads taking vengeance is kind of the human phenomenon and not necessarily regional specific. Right. I want to meet that dad. <laughs> well, I, I think, Chris, you are that dad. <laughs> Bring all that rotten if meat here, boys. If you aren't, you you certainly will be. Yeah. You know? Oh, he is. I have faith in Chris. I know I'm evil, but I try to be good. I'll tell you, one of the things that surprised me about being a dad that I didn't expect is when I'm out with my daughter, more when she was younger, um, and it's just us two, the looks, the weird looks you get from moms or women. Yeah. I've actually, I had the cops called on me at our local park when I took my daughter to play. Dude, no way. Because I'm sitting there taking pictures of my daughter playing so I can send them to my wife who's at work. And this, you know, a couple of Karens on the bench on the other side of the park called the cops on me. I called the police. (laughs) And I'm like, the cop comes over and he's like, it's one of these kids yours. I'm like, yeah, that one. (laughs) He's like, "I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, man. They called. I had to come out and I had to say something. They don't like that you're taking pictures. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck what they like. You <laughs> have no expectation of privacy in public. Um, yeah, I was. And uh, he's like, please just don't go over and make a scene after I leave. Please don't. It's just going to cause more of a headache for me later. And I was like, OK. And then I did. Nice. <laughs> you did. Wait, what did you do? What I, just, I went over and I was like, um, and I was like, my, my daughter and I would like you to know that we're now leaving. <laughs> Uh, since since my our mere presence um, scared you so much that you had to call the police on me, a dad who take, likes to take part in his daughter's life, um, you know, really really doing a good job for the women in the world here. You know, yeah. you gotta stop calling the cops, dude. You're acting like a little child. Okay? <laughs> did did they know. did they feel any sense of remorse, or did they double down? And it would they just didn't really even say anything. They were just, no, uh, yeah, we walked away. You stunned them. You stunned them with logic and love and action. Well, they're all programmed, you know, that everybody, everybody is some type of a perv or whatever. I can yeah. remember when my, when my daughter was maybe five or six, I wanted to get her something for Christmas. She had mentioned she wanted a scooter, right? And you know, those Razor scooters are kind of popular, but they were shit. You know, they were just, you know, crappy little wheels, metallic crap. And I was driving down the street and I saw this kid on this fucking like Rolls Royce scooter. I couldn't believe this thing. It was, you know, big balloon tires and a platform and handbrakes. And it was gorgeous. And I'm looking at, I'm looking at this scooter thinking, well, is there a brand on this? You know, where do I get this? I want, I want to get this for my kid. And suddenly this woman, you know, flips me the bird and screams, fuck you. And I'm like, what, what the hell's the matter with you lady? And she's thinking I'm perving <laughs> on her kid. And I'm, you know, I'm looking at a, at a scooter. You're on that scooter. All, yeah, they're all they're all programmed to think that way. You know, it's just it's insane. I mean, it doesn't well, help that I'm an overweight, balding guy with glasses and hadn't shaved in a, about a week. But still, 
Yeah, dude. You try to look the part or something. Yeah, it does. It doesn't help for that Chester look. It it doesn't. Chester, that's great. But dude, it it doesn't it doesn't help that the bulk of the world's governments and entertainment industries are totally that's anyway. That doesn't help. It doesn't help that like this shit is rampant and it's constant, constant, and it has been forever. I mean, I remember growing up as kids. I remember being solicited by weirdos in vans all the time, and I not all the time, but a, a couple of times. And I never got into the van. I never would. I I, I knew even at like eight years old, nine years old, sure. walking to school by myself. I was like, okay, um, I know better than to get in that guy's vehicle. I know better than to even to pay attention to this guy. It's not like my dude. I mean, okay, I grew up with. I was a single mom household, three you know three kids, two older sisters, and a mom that worked around the clock. No dad. I was basically we were latchkey kids. We raised ourselves after a certain age, probably about six, seven, eight years old. We kind of just raised ourselves. And I just knew then, I'm like, I'm not going to get into this kid's, I'm not going to get into this guy's van. Like, and I'm not saying that kids preternaturally know that, but I think that they do have a certain sense, you know, of hostility and danger when it comes to, you know, stranger danger kind of thing. Especially, I mean, when you tell them like, hey, don't, don't talk to anybody. Like there's certain times where like I pull up with the truck with the kid my daughter's in the shotgun seat. And I say, hey, I'm going to run in here for a second. I'm locking the doors. I'm cracking the window. Don't talk to anyone that comes near the truck. <laughs> you know? I always say that. And she's like, okay, dad. I'm like, no, I'm serious. Like, just don't talk to anybody. Don't open the doors until I come back. You know, mostly because I'm going and do you have your tobacco. knife? <laughs> <laughs> do I have my knife? And no, I, I don't. Leela oh. keeps a pocket knife on her. So. <laughs> yeah. nice. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> guys. Yeah, I'm have you Blake, in about five minutes. I got to be a good dad and pick up my daughter from band practice. She's going to the Battle of Bands. Well, nice. there you go. That's, That's fucking nice. awesome. What does yeah, she think, play? I think we're winding down. She has anyway. turned into an amazing guitarist. I mean, oh my god! So um, very yeah, cool. She's doing. Yeah. Hell yeah! Very cool. Good for you, Larry. That's awesome, man. Well, thanks is, for hanging, Larry. Big, and big, thanks big, for thank your, you, thank, thank you. you for your courage, and thanks for being a good old dad. Plums, <laughs> I nice to meet you, Larry. Plums are peaches, and peaches are peaches, and there plums and peaches are both types of peaches. You guys know what? that? I couldn't have said that better myself. Plums, plums are peaches, and peaches are peaches. Plums and peaches are both types of peaches. Yeah. <laughs> They're fucking full of shit. There you go. That's the clip. <laughs> so, uh, Vetus, Chris, Dean, Sir Spencer, such a pleasure hanging with you guys. Thank you for yeah. uh, making me a part of your your gang here. It's a lot uh, of fun. Real, Shit, real yeah, quick, Dad. Larry. Thanks for hanging, hanging Larry. Thank that you. was awesome. Larry. Yes. Sir. Uh, Sir Spencer just voiced a character for me for an episode of Meet Us Pod upcoming. Uh, uh, can I contact you about possibly voicing a character? Absolutely. Mr. Velvet. Of awesome. Be happy to. Please do. Do. All right. All right. Larry's <laughs> All the right, demand guys. for the job in any situation. Thanks nice. for hanging, Larry. And <laughs> thank uh, you guys. Yeah. Hey, good, good luck on your exodus out of the uh the California. Yeah, yeah I'm working on it. Yeah. It'll happen. Yeah. If you want to look at places in Kansas or Missouri, give me a ring, man. I'm open. Thank you. I'll thank show you, you any place around here. Appreciate that. Hell yeah. There's um there's some pretty good scores around here too. 
Cool. Little well, tiny little I'm getting town. off the West Coast. I'll tell you that, Dean. I'm, 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 that's mm-hmm. kind of out of the considered list. But uh, uh, well, have it your way, Dad. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <But> thanks. <laughs> All right, Jay, it's a pleasure. See you, Larry. Take care. Thank you. All right, man. Uh, Bye, Larry. You, Take care. At LarryShow.com, everybody. Yeah. Um. Uh, you want to get through the rest of these uh, clips before we wrap here, Dean? Yeah, dude. They're all shorties. What do we got? Uh, oh, oh, damn, six. shouty, looking fine. <laughs> I was. I, think we got, yeah, I think was on, on mute watching on uh, while you were talking about Dean how kids have a sixth sense about like when not to get in the white van. I pulled up Seems the. Like uh, it, yeah. You remember? Have you have you guys all seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Oh my god! Yes. I know the movie, but I haven't seen it for a very, very long time. That ch- I was watching the child catcher scene on mute. What a fucking creepy ass fucking, but like truth telling Hollywood scene. Even back then, that's like the yeah. creepiest fuck. I put it in the chat. That's like the creepiest shit ever. <laughs> it's horrifying. Fucking horrifying. Um, yeah, it's, it's all it's all there. I mean, they they. Because because it is such a part of our existence, like just the idea that there's like this weird sex pest predator that's out there. It's not like it's a horror movie worthy subject material. I mean, even though it is, I couldn't imagine anything more horrifying, but it's just such a part of our culture. It's such a part of like the shadow that we all live with and live around. It's just yeah. it's just interesting to me that it's not... Um, well, it's not interesting at all. It makes perfect sense that it's something that's kind of like disregarded and ignored because it is the most horrifying thing you could ever imagine. It gets my dick hard and it gives me oh, a yeah. headache. That's an amazing story, man. That's, that's cool as fuck. Alana, we've all heard stories about parents discovering after the fact that their children have been assaulted. This is a case of a young father allegedly catching the suspect in the act. Saturday afternoon, between the towns of Shiner and Gonzales, a 47-year-old handyman showed up at a farm to help with some horses. At some point, the sheriff says the 23-year-old father who lives at the farm said he heard his daughter crying for help. She's only four years old. When he heard the, the, the screaming, then he ran out there to see what you know, what was wrong with his daughter while she... The sheriff says her underwear had been removed and that the father hit the man's head with his fist, killing him. And no one in Shiner is second-guessing his actions. A, a couple friend of mine were sitting right there and and we discussed what little we knew about it. And I frankly said, I'd give the guy a medal. When he saw that, I think it's justified. I'm sorry, but I totally think it's justified. Thank you for your courage. What would you do if it's your child? According to the sheriff, the father is remorseful over the death, not intending to kill, but rather to save his child. Again, the suspect, 47 years old, an occasional laborer. He is from the town of Gonzales. His name not being released because the sheriff's department hasn't yet found any family to notify. More reaction to this story on Eyewitness News at 6. We're now in Shiner, Deborah Brickley, 13 Eyewitness News. Shiners. I don't, yeah. yeah she said, beyond she, justified, man. Totally. Totally. If you catch somebody in the act like that, the shit, I mean, that's a guaranteed closed casket funeral. 
absolutely. What a boss. And it doesn't though. even have to be my kid. I don't give a fuck. I know. That's the thing, man. It could be anyone's kid. If you you're hurting a kid like happen? that, you're something, dead. Yeah, something so abhorrent and actually, like, just automatically, unnaturally fucking acceptable. Mm-hmm. You, you, yeah, you, you don't get to, to live react. here on this planet anymore after that. No, no. And it sucks, too, because by doing that, you're just extinguishing his physical body, and then he can go on and that... Whatever, if it's a possession or a fucking energy, it just goes into some other form and sure. continue its thing. I mean, yeah, <clears throat> better well, that yeah. than then, walking around in the meat sack any further, man. There, there better is an argument for letting here him with live, me though, now, right? Like you know? the ultimate mm-hmm. example being Epstein, where if you let him live and actually get to the bottom of it, more people can go down. So there is an argument for catching a pedophile in the act, especially if they're involved in a you have any reason to believe they're involved in something bigger than just them. You, you know, vigilante justice, killing them, the vigilante justice might be just keeping them in custody and making sure that the authorities get to the bottom of it. But then again, I guess we know where they never will. Cause the authorities are always involved in covering up this shit anyway. So they're totally, yeah, totally going to cover it up. I mean, not every time, obviously, but, uh, when, when it suits the system, then they'll they'll let these guys go. I mean, I, I'm reminded of a story of a dude that was arrested and incarcerated multiple times for indecent exposure, child molestation, child rape. Um, and I, I don't even remember what state it was, but it was somewhere in the Midwest. And he ended up like getting out of jail again for like the fifth time, and then traveled to Spokane, close to me, where I lived at the time in Coeur d'Alene and he stalked a family. He found, he just was driving by and he saw a little girl and he camped out and watched and stalked this family for days until he moved in and killed everyone in the house except for the two kids and abducted them. And I mean, it's a horrible story went on after that, but you think you're going to kill little mentally retarded children. Oh, don't use the word retarded. Just kill them. (laughs) It's just, it's the, you know, when people are allowed to continue this type of behavior, I don't think it just stays on the same level. Like, oh, I'm I'm only going to fondle kids, or I'm I'm only going to watch kids, or I'm only going to photograph kids. I think these things accelerate and uh, get more intense until there's just a certain breaking. Hey, point let me just photograph lines. kids if he wants to, man. <laughs> Metis did nothing wrong. That. Free Metis. They banned this person from problem. Facebook and yeah. YouTube. Yeah. I'm gonna go lay down and show them my belly. <laughs> yeah, can't. All right. All right. Ne- next clip is not necessarily about dad justice, but but parents, and it's in a whole different country. All right. I think it's seven. What kind of father am I? A convicted pedophile is dead after he was allegedly attacked by parents. According to AFP News, Marcelo Fabian Piccolo was playing his trumpet at a church just outside of Buenos Aires on October 30th. A group of parents allegedly beat him unconscious. One apparently used Piccolo's own trumpet. The parents were reportedly from a preschool where the 42-year-old is accused of molesting students. Back in 2010, Piccolo was allegedly found guilty for molesting five children. Even though he received a 30-year sentence, he only spent four years behind bars. A priest allegedly alerted parents that Piccolo was inside the church, but then spoke out against them after the attack. 
Piccolo died Friday. For Viewer, I'm Elizabeth Keating. The tiger we took care of with a can of mace. But the pedophile was a whole different story altogether. We had to beat him to death with his own trumpet. Yeah, with his own trumpet, dude. <laughs> Some Looney Tunes shit. They beat him. They beat him to death. A group of parents beat this guy to death. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know how hard it is to beat someone to death. I've recently been studying a few different police brutality videos and stories of cops beating homeless people to death. And these types of things go on for 10 minutes or more of just massive violence between just a couple of different officers. I couldn't imagine like four or five parents beating a guy to death. Uh, and then using <laughs> a trumpet to do it as well. That's just incredible to me. That is pretty good. Uh, uh, yeah. Going back to Patrick Starr, remember that scene where he got the trumpet shoved over his head? And when he talked, his voice sounded like a trumpet. It's the same thing. It's like... <laughs> I mean, you life could, imitating art. Yeah. Or art imitating life. Suicide. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, you like decide. being horny? You like being horny? <laughs> <laughs> that guy's fucking right. Uh, yeah, give you a rim shot. I don't know, that. man. I mean, there's, you know, there's anxiety and then there's apex anxiety and uh it's just it's just a fucked up thing. It's 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 a it's a it's a symptom of a much larger disease that we live with and now that you're a parent like I don't know if I'm trying to put this in your mind or just beat you with it over the head, but like this is this is the apex anxiety for me anyway. Is... Well, you know, I do appreciate it because I was feeling pretty good about it, and now I'm like, oh, there's pedophiles everywhere. One of the hide yeah. your kids, <laughs> hide your wife. <laughs> they raping One everybody. Of the in today's <clears throat> excuse me, in today's system, is the kids are taught to not fight, um, mm -hmm. at all, like even. If you're the, like somebody walks up to you and punches you and throws you on the ground and gets on top of you and start punching, you get suspended too for fighting. Mm -hmm. Like even if you, so they're taught to not get near each other even more now with the, the COVID bullshit and people who are going to do things like this don't follow those rules, obviously, but then the victim is so anxiety filled by the fact that some somebody's touching them at all that they freeze up you know you you gotta teach your kid you can fight teach them how to fight teach them teach them when it's okay to pull your pocket knife out and stab somebody mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> to defend yourself yeah, it was totally messed right. up uh, and you, you it's disgusting how people will just you know take something good and just take advantage of a situation yeah there was no time to do yeah. anything yeah. so just leave and just hope that you're not hurt and if you have a kid that is showing and exhibiting sexuality, I'm not saying that they're trying to be sexy or that they're trying to, um, like that, that they're saying or behaving in a way that's sexual. That's a weird thing. When children like are very young, like six, seven, even younger, they they they're becoming aware of their bodies and they're becoming aware of different, there's different chemical things that are happening in their bodies all the time. So there's hormonal things that are happening. We think that kids that are five, six, seven, four years old, that they're, they're all, they're, you know, hormones don't happen. That's all bullshit, man. Those things happen. 
children become sexually aware. And by that, I mean, they become aware of their fact that they're a girl or a boy, or they have these parts, they have these things. And especially if they're not anymore, Dean, it's 2021. Okay. Come yeah, on, man. Just go make with, their own decision. huh? Just go with me here. <laughs> when you have, when you have kids in a socialized situation like daycare or school, even if it's Montessori or homeschool, homeschool, not really, but even if it's Montessori or private school or whatever, you have kids in a social situation and they're with the opposite sex. It's only a matter of time before they start to chemically react to being around that opposite sex. And that chemical reaction is going to make an exhibition. It's going to exhibit itself. It's going to become known. I mean, and so what we're dealing with is children who are becoming aware of the difference between men and women. They're becoming aware of their own emotions, their own hormones, and they don't know what's going on. They they don't know. And that's and that's the Googling. age. That's the well, even my kid doesn't know how to Google because I I keep her off. You of got the her on computer. the DuckDuckGo, right? But the other kids she <laughs> interacts with do know how to use Google and they Google that's stuff it. and then they that's explain it, it to her. Exactly. And not just the other kids, but the parents, the teachers, the instructors, the babysitters, the daycare people. And I'm not saying that everyone's a fucking pedophile. And when I would talk like this back when I was married, you guys, I was crazy. I was instantly kookified because I'm trying to I'm trying to have an open discussion about the idea of safety and practicality and being aware of of things that are going on in the world. And I was instantly kookified. You think everyone's a fucking pedophile. You think the world's run by pedophiles. And then, and of course, in the last few years, what happens is everyone gets arrested <laughs> for pedophilia. But whatever. But the, Dean I guess would totally I, call the cops on me at the park. I guess we're not. No, I would. No. <laughs> no, be, no he'd come in and beat you over the head with a trumpet. That's what he did. No, yeah, no. Would. Because Medus, I would be on the opposite bench doing the same thing. I'm a single dad out there with my kid taking a picture of my kid at the park. Although I, I tend to stay away from cell phones at the park for that same reason if, that if you, you had, had a, trouble. If, if you had a pair, if like a, if you had a pair of binoculars or even better, like a telescope, then it might be like you kind of weird. Bring a little right. six foot section of fence and pull yeah. over it. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's just like, you just like have like a, like a ghillie suit and then a bush that you carry around to just like, like walk come around. On, and come on, come on, come on. A trench coat and a pair of Crocs, nothing else. I I don't want to get sidetracked or distracted because I was on to something. What what I'm trying to say, (laughs) you fucking assholes, you goddamn children, is that there is a very critical time when children become aware of something more than just like entertainment and external stimulation. They become aware of themselves. They become aware of their bodies. And that that is really, really triggered and accentuated when they're around other children of the opposite sex. And they don't know they don't know what's going on they don't know why and i do it all the time i tease my kid i grill her all the time like how many boys have a crush on her because she brings it up in this just in this funny discussion discussionary kind of way and then i just ask her questions like well how does that make you feel these you know these kids these boys all have crushes on you i think I, you know, I think maybe you might have a crush on them. And she's like, no, that's gross. But I know that she kind of does because she kind of likes the attention. And yeah. if I can softly pull that out of her, she'll admit to liking the attention. And she'll admit to enjoying the sensation of strangeness of how she doesn't know how she feels. But she kind of likes it. But it's also kind of weird. It's a very volatile period. It comes and it's down that- to the Go ahead. It's it's that period of time that we have to be 
not overbearing helicopter, highly scrutinous telescopic surveillance parents, but we also have to make sure that by this time, we have a strong level of communication and trust and that we're also aware of situational awareness and that we're trying to, and that we can show our kids this thing called situational awareness and that they can also Mm -hmm. trust to tell you what's going on. They can tell you their deepest secret, which is they might just have a crush on this boy or this girl and not be ashamed of it or not be afraid that you're going to tease them about it. Because when you have that level of trust, then you can get them to tell you if something's weird in a place that you're not privy to, you know? Yeah. I really wish, I really wish my parents would have given me like the whole birds and bees talk a lot earlier than they did. Same. I, I, I never got that. Yeah. And the, the gun talk philosophy is kind of what I do with most aspects of it is when it seems to be becoming a part of her headspace. I, we talk about it, you know, and I I give her my thoughts and my wife gives her her thoughts and we let her know it doesn't matter what it is. She can come to us with literally anything uh, because it's our job to guide her through life to have the best life. Mm -hmm. Has she, has she come to you with just weird anomalous or even like sensitive information type questions? Either me or her mom. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's really cool. That's good. We had a we had a whole discussion about um, the transgender thing recently. Um, did did she instigate it? Yeah. Awesome. Because yeah, she was she was awesome. talking about um, one of the kids in her class is is uh, kind of talking about it a lot and and cutting her hair like a boy and starting to talk like she's a boy and stuff like that. And we you know we talked about it and then we had our little discussion. Um, she had some girls, some mean girls, picking on her. Um, and we talked about that, talked about how to handle that. And, you know, it's just everything she comes to us with. We're always very trying. We talk to her about it. And if there's certain parts of it that we want to steer away from, um, mainly for like, she's asking about, I wanted to watch this movie. Um, we're like, eh, there's some stuff in that. Maybe give it another year, uh, before we watch that one. And then it kind of gives her like a, you know, oh, but you know, you're this age now, so you can watch Die Hard with us this year, you know? give her a one thing she can do, you know? So we just try to make it. Yeah. That, yeah. You'll get to cool. do that. You'll get to do that later. There's some stuff in that you don't need to be worried about right now. Um, but you'll get to see it. Don't worry. <laughs> That's really smart, man. That's actually really smart to, to deny the one thing and say, but you know, you get to do this thing now, you know? Right. And well, I justify why, why really I do cool. it too. I'm like, I've, I've seen <laughs> some videos on the internet when I was around her age back when, well, a little older than her. I'm too old for the internet to be around back then. But when video started becoming a thing, uh, I saw some pretty, pretty dark stuff when I was a teenager. Two girls, one and cup. It messed me up. No, man. No, like, like that was the, that we laughed about that, you know, <laughs> and gagged a little. But, um, Are you talking like what, faces <laughs> of death and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Amitis. I was kind and, of there. <laughs> and so I tell her, I'm like, look, I've seen some stuff. Uh, even some some Hollywood movies I've seen when I was younger messed me up for a little while. Pee Wee Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Large Marge scene. Um, Which scene? Are you serious? Large Marge fucked you up. Large Marge fucked me up, dude, for like a month. What? <laughs> I don't know what it was, and I had watched. No, the crazy. I had seen like. Rambo My kid and I watched that movie like all that. the time. <laughs> I don't know what it was about that scene, but man, it gave me nightmares for a month. You know what uh, fucked her up though was Beetlejuice. 
She wanted yes, to watch he, Beetlejuice so bad, and then we finally watched it on Halloween last year, and for a month she had Beetlejuice nightmares. Now she wants to watch it again. Right. No, she's she's desensitized to it. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Killer yeah, Clowns, so. when I, I – I mean, the first thing that scared me as a kid, <clears throat> I must have been six or seven, was the Twilight Zone Shatner episode. There's something on the wing of the plane. When he pulls, oh, the, he's so like good. he opens yeah. the curtain and On it's just mushed its face up against the window. Yeah, freaked me the fuck out, hey, you, dude. You, you I you was don't like, know what's gonna get you, man? You don't know what's a, gonna get you for like a year, maybe longer than a year. After that, I would be scared to open any of the curtains in our house because I was like, "There's gonna dude, be something right up against the window." For real, that same that same movie scene, but it wasn't that moment. It was for me. It was. When it actually, when he opened up the window and he saw it on the wing, oh, yeah. that's what was way scarier than it. Yeah. yeah, than it being like on the, you know, in, in the window. That didn't bother me as much as just seeing this creature just destroying <laughs> the engine or the wing of this plane from from a distance without a care. And I was just like, and and you know, unscathed by the wind or the force velocity yeah. or anything, just ripping and this thing out. And I was like, that's the- really it ruined me, dude. And the scary part is as like a little kid, like the the subtext of that episode is he sees it and nobody believes him. So then I also know. in the back of your mind as a kid, you're thinking, if I saw something like that, nobody would even believe me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Mind-blowing. Uh, Final Destination messed me up as an adult. I was, well, I was 18. I never saw those. They're good movies um, for what they are, you know. Are you just playing a motorcycle driving by? Oh, this is a semi truck coming to pick up uh, Pee Wee. I've never. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) You've never seen this scene? I don't think so. I love this movie. I watched the uh, I watched the new one on Netflix, which I actually got a kick out of. I love the movie. That scene just messed me up. I had to close my eyes. What was the one called? Pee Wee's Big Holiday or Pee Wee's Big Something on Netflix? Adventure? Adventure. Oh, in, not, not on Netflix. Oh, the new Netflix one. one. I don't the know. new one on Netflix was pretty... I, I got a kick out of it. I haven't seen this one since I was a little kid, so I, maybe I'll remember this. Is there any dialogue in this, or am I just wasting my time? It's oh. kind of a long clip. Okay. <laughs> What's the nutshell version? Skip. He She's telling a story about... Uh, on a, on a stretch of road just like this. Worst just scary accident i ever seen. And she says, I, uh, the, <laughs> just watch it, Chris. <laughs> you can see your whole work. Muted and just watch ago, it. Along the same stretch of road, in a dense fog, just like this, <laughs> I saw the worst accident I ever seen. There was this sound, like a garbage truck. Dropped off the Empire State Building. And when they finally pulled the driver's body from the twisted, burning wreck, it looked like this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I do remember this now. That was that was it, man. (laughs) That was it. When her face goes all claymation. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, that man. shit is freaky, dude. I mean, there's, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've seen movies that were kind of just like that. The whole the whole movie was kind of like that, so. 
Like could, when uh, in the Last Crusaders, when that Last Crusader drinks the wrong goblet. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, he just melts. It's all old. Yeah, same like, as the the don't look at Marion scalifies. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, the the melting Nazis faces and the yeah when he drinks the he chose poorly. <laughs> you chose poorly. I don't know, man. But when I was when I was young, like the scariest movie that I could not stop watching. I must have watched it like fifty times. Uh, was Evil Dead Two? I don't know when that came out, but oh, I watched Evil so Dead Two, and I mm-hmm. never stopped. I saw it once, and it was like every single night I would watch that movie over and so over good. and when, over again. When Ash, when when Ash is like, well, you know, he's looking around, oh, work shed, and it's obviously dubbed yeah. in. <laughs> the, best, the scariest part. The best scene of the is when like movie. he starts like he is so insane that like the lampshade and the the deer head. The all, deer head went all laughing yeah, at him, and then when, he just he starts laughing and bouncing <laughs> up and down with him, going ah. <laughs> when the deer head turns, that's when my blood went cold, and every single time, still I see it like when the deer head just turns and goes, you can hear the neck snap, and it just turns and starts laughing. <laughs> yeah, that is like because it's it's weird shit. It's dog. weird shit like that. It's like. Crazy weird things where like something an like inanimate all of a sudden becomes animate to this day. That's the kind of shit that scares me. Like uh like chairs just moving by themselves and deer heads breaking open and starting to talk. You oh know? man, did you see that clip on OBDM they played of all those um all those chairs getting haunted by ghosts and moved around on that cruise ship sliding across the floor? No, I didn't see that. Yeah. Definitely wasn't because the boat was tilting. The boat, the boat was boat on the water and leaning, rocking back and forth. <laughs> Nothing at all to do with that. No. I know well, you're half retarded. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, we got one last clip. All right. Yeah, I got to get it, out of here. It's yeah. a special one because it takes place in my hometown, Spokane, where I grew up. And it's fairly recent. It's a kind of a newish clip about maybe a month ago. All right. I'm breaking. I've been drinking green tea all goddamn day. Start with breaking news tonight, a horrific murder and a father accused. This is 60-year-old John Eisenman facing a judge today. He's a Spokane dad accused of murdering a man he says sold his daughter for sex and stuffing that body in a car's trunk. Spokane police say the murder actually happened a year ago. But the body wasn't found until last week. That's when someone looked inside an abandoned vehicle. That body has been identified as 19-year-old Andrew Sorensen. The Washington State Patrol put out this picture last November, saying he had been reported missing. Caitlin Knapp is here tonight with what the accused killer admitted about why he did it. According to charging documents, John Eisenman told police Sorensen sold Eisenman's daughter into a prostitution ring. And after driving to Seattle to rescue her, he went over to confront Sorensen himself. In court today, Eisenman didn't say much. This was just a first appearance, and he wasn't asked to enter a plea. But in an interview with Spokane police, he waived his rights and told them what happened. He said last fall, he found out Sorensen was going to be at a trailer park in Airway Heights. Eisman told police he confronted Sorensen, zip-tied his hands and feet, and shoved him into a trunk of a Honda Accord. Eisman then told police he punched Sorensen a few times and hit him in the head with a cinder block, knocking him out. Finally, Eisman told police he stabbed Sorensen multiple times in the stomach. Eisman told police he abandoned the car with Sorensen inside in a remote part of Spokane County. Someone moved it last month to North Spokane, right next to Rochester Hills Park. 
A couple guys opened up the car and found the body inside. In addition to his own confession, court documents say Eisman's neighbor called Crime Check late last month and told them Eisman said he killed someone and hid the body in a trunk. Eisman said it was because the victim had sold his daughter for sex. Eisman has no criminal history. He's now facing a first-degree murder charge. A judge set his bail today at $1 million. I'm Caitlin Knapp, 4 News Now. Close. Sneeze. Hmm. Go to church every goddamn Sunday. You gonna bring the demons out of me? He was asked with a parking cone. Smashed his head with a cinder block. Kept him in a trunk. Parked in the rural parts of Spokane. And then someone, they say, quote, unquote, someone moved the car to the shitty area of Spokane, which I can tell you is called Hilliard. It's north side. Around here, the joke we would make is uh, they moved it to the shitty part of Midway, a.k.a. Midway. Yeah, and I was like. Yeah, they. (laughs) So who moved it? And I can probably tell you with most certainty, I'll bet almost everything in my pocket, that it was probably the police moved a car from one place. Someone had reported it being there, and they put it somewhere else, and they never bothered to check the trunk. <laughs> Not our problem like anymore. No, man. And <laughs> that body, there was, a, there was a body in the trunk for almost a year. I uh, should have torched that, the that car, whole damn ring. That whole damn ring would be going down. It wouldn't be oh just the dude. God. Yeah. Tell anyway, me what you know. That guy's a king, to go man. To my quiet place. <laughs> Got a particular set of skills. Uh, yeah, did, uh, wait, what's your skill set? Is it fruit? Taking off fingernails nunchuck. and plums. Bow staff. Bow staff skills. Nunchuck skills. <laughs> plums. Plums are peaches, and peaches are peaches, and plums and peaches are both types of peaches. I can't get that out of my head. I don't know why. This is going to keep going. Plums. Plums are peaches, and peaches are peaches. Plums and peaches are both types of peaches. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. God, I love a big, juicy peach. (laughs) It gets my dick hard, and it gives me a headache. The peach is actually is totally my favorite summer fruit of all time. I could eat. Oh, uh, you got to get I on that eat, mango them all day cake, long. bro. We get fuck them. mangoes, man. Peaches are where it's at because peaches, peaches take are where time. It's at. Because, North Carolina, we yeah, get them from dude. Georgia, we get them straight from Georgia. Like next day, oh yeah. Okay, so Metis, with your peaches from Georgia, North Carolina, uh, do you have to plums? Put them, do you have to put them, shut it. the fuck up? <laughs> Do you have to oh my put God. your peaches in a paper bag on the counter for a couple days, or do you literally just take them off a tree and eat them? I have taken them off a tree and eaten them, but you want you definitely want to let them sit. You want to let them sit. All right, yeah, that's how it is them, here, too. We get them at a, a garden center uh, on the right. side of the highway, as you're supposed to, and um, they, they'll tell you, like, they, they stack them in a certain way, and they're like, all right, you're going to want to give these at least two days. Um these are about ready to go, you know. Yeah, because there's a certain there's a fucking golden window right peak. there. Yep, and and there's when, a oh, when you get one that's perfect, yes. Oh my god, it's heaven, dude! I put them in a paper bag. I put about four or five of them in a paper bag, all flat, so nothing's stacked on each other. And I roll the lid under the bag, you know, the top of the bag underneath the bottom or whatever, and I put them on the counter or in a cupboard for two days and then i check them which is that tiny little bit of pinch that little peach yep, pinch a little bit 
Yeah, yeah. Little bit. And when you get that little bit of give, then I either eat them immediately or I put them in the fridge to be eaten within two days because if they mm-hmm. go in the fridge for more than two days, they're toast. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, sometimes mm-hmm. we'll just eat them and sometimes we'll cut them up. When we cut them up, we take the juice and you put it into some whiskey. Yes, sir. Oh, Chicken McNuggets. <laughs> yeah. Too good, man. Too good. I love them. My favorite fruit ever. Oh, man. All right. All well, right, dads. I think that's, I think the first What right, is dad. all this stuff? <laughs> We're starting to make dad noises. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 go to John. Oh, my knee. <laughs> I'm scratching my balls right now. Don't worry, gents. <laughs> Gotta go to the John. <laughs> you do, though. You do that, Chris. As you get, as you get into it, man, in another five or six years, you're going to start waking up in the morning and like doing your morning mumble to yourself. Doing that picking for 20 years. Up. Grunting when you sit down and... or stand up. I've always, yeah, I did absolutely. That in middle school, I would go, I'd get up and go. <laughs> so <laughs> you're gonna start well, building will... fences and mending fucking little tiny small engine machines. It's gonna be great. No, nah, you're gonna you're gonna know you're gonna know you're there the first time somebody says I'm hungry or I'm tired, and you go, "Hi, hungry, I'm dad." That's that's when you know you're there. <laughs> Oh yeah, when people say I'm sorry, it's like sorry's not your name. Yeah. I, was, I uh Hi sorry, I'm Chris. I'm already reading I'm already reading him books even though he doesn't understand a damn word I'm saying. Here, let me read this to you. No, you gotta do it though, dude. You gotta do you it. You gotta talk. And don't talk like talk. a baby either. Yeah, don't yeah. do baby talk. Talk to him like he's a normal fucking person because he is, and I guarantee man, if you just talk to your child like a normal person, like your bro, like us or the way you talk to your wife or your friends, mm-hmm. that kid will be talking full sentences and with with uh, flux with uh, fluctuation and and pronunciation spot on within a couple of years, man. Easy. Oh yeah, no time, no time. I listen to able- Leela's friends, and you can tell yeah. that they were baby talked to. I mean, y'all have, y'all have heard Leela talk on the on the show if you've ever listened. Which, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, dude, uh, we listen to your show in the truck, my daughter and I, and she loves listening to your show because it's kind of it's geared for someone like her. So she right, digs it. She right. always she always asks to listen to Fun Facts Friday. Yeah, we're going to be in a parade uh, Saturday. Fun Fact Friday has a float awesome. in the local Christmas parade. It's gonna be it's gonna be cool. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> that's really cool. That's really cool, man. Yeah, it's fifty bucks. Hopefully, it's fifty there's, bucks to uh, get a float, and <laughs> you got a couple thousand. Hopefully, new there's people. like, That's like snipers positioned in some of the adjacent buildings. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, you know, I, I also exercising my rights. Like so. Linux. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's cool. Well, thanks for the dad talk, everybody, um, and good luck oh, to Noah. Right, I guess son. he'll have a theoretically he'll have a his third baby tomorrow by tomorrow morning. So. Congratulations right. on that. So, yeah, if you have any questions no. at all. I always lose co-hosts. co-hosts. They always uh, vanish. <laughs> <laughs> Just a weird thing that happens, man. Yeah, especially when they're having babies and stuff. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But you got a good support system here. I'm sure you got family and stuff, too. But if you ever have any questions, I'm sure any of the guys on the night will be happy to answer them for you. Oh yeah, yeah well, you know, you just, give you their two cents. <laughs> you just want to call me and cry for a half hour, man. You know, you just just do it. Just won't girl. stop pooping. Just do it, man. We're dads now. We're dads now. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I got I'll you, probably, girl. I probably will. Uh, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> nah, this has been rad. It's been really cool to. It's been really cool to talk to you, Sir Spencer. It's good to hear you again. Yeah. Venus. 
Likewise, Dean. Yeah, <laughs> it is on, folks. It is on. It is on. <laughs> oh, brother. Oh, my God. Uh, All right. So, uh, thanks, Dean, from Up Is Down podcast. I, You'll find that in the show notes as usual. So, Spencer, bowl after bowl, and meet us on meet us Pod Pump Pack Friday and meet us on <laughs> no Christmas presents! If I was a mom, this would be kinda shocking. No more fooling around. From now on, I'm Super Dad. I'll work straight through life so I can get home on time. So make sure you say the little sticky nutty for me to change, and you can take the night off, pal. What kind of father am I? <laughs> you are a loser. Everyone hates you. Loser! You're a loser! Are you feeling sorry for yourself? Well, you should be, because you are dirt! I need to go to my quiet place. Mm, 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 mm. All right. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks, fellas. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop while we're behind, as I always say. That's my favorite. <laughs> Don't stop Tell your father, behind. okay? I have money. <laughs> All right, man. I love you, Chris. You're reading something real bad. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys some other day. Much See love. Later, Good night. Right. Good night. Take Good care. Night. Take care. See you, everybody. See you, buddies. Oh. Oh. Chris. Oh, brother. What? What's up? You done? You done recording? Yeah. some way I can make him see that I'm worthy of being his son. Aren't the only way I could ever impress him is if I was a fat, stinking drunk. Wait a minute, Brian, that's it? I'm a fat, stinking drunk because my father is a fat, stinking drunk. And I gotta prove it to him. Have you guys seen Patrick? Patrick! Where are you, son? Patrick! 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 Get down! What are you doing up there? Whoa! Is there a problem here, friend? Yeah, my son's up in your ride. What are you talking about? Why don't you go back to your little camp? Patrick, come to Pep Pep! Is this your boy? Yeah, that's my son. Patrick, come here. You got a great one here. Probably one of the best. You gotta learn how to treat him with a little bit of respect. Do you understand that? Maybe he'll love you a little more. Excuse me. Uh, Pat, I got some bad news for you. Hold on a sec. Craig? No, I can't talk right now. I'm in the middle of something. I'll call you from the car. Um, you gotta go back to your dad, all right? Got you something to remember us by, though. BT. Just put that right up in your ear. 
If you ever want to talk, just press the button, and I'll be on the other end, all right? Now, Scoot. Don't you ever do that again. You hear me? Why don't you learn how to be a good dad? Why don't you leave my children alone? Oh, you! My father taught me this profession years ago, and now I'm teaching it to my son. Good. Speak of the devil. Come on. This is Jeffrey. Say hello. Hi. Hello. Where you been hiding this boy? It's not a bad boy. Come here. Let me feast my eyes on that boy. Come here. Come here. Take a look at you. Hey. Look at the size of him. Look at this. Mmm. See your mouth. Nice. Nice teeth. You want to sit on Uncle Tim's lap? Get on my knee. I like your son a lot. All right, all right, Tim. Um, listen, Reggie, after a few calculations here, it looks like your store isn't quite fit for the new Dobus brand. Sorry, Reg, we're going to have to shut this boy down. It's been in the family for years. You know, the new Swallow Valley Mall is about fresh, clean, safe. You know what, Tim? There's an opening for head of janitorial, and I don't know Reggie's qualifications, but I feel like we could give him a shot. What do you think? Uh, well, um... You do the dust, you do the yeah. shine. We make a mess, you clean it up, that's the job. Okay, yeah. Great. Well, Reg, it sounds like you're gonna be pretty busy over the next few weeks. Jeffrey, how about you tag along with us and I could teach you a little bit about what it's like to be a businessman around here, what it's like to be a real man. What it's like to be a real successful businessman. Huh? Sound good? Yes, sir. Oh, don't call me sir, why don't you call me daddy? Say yes, daddy. Yes, Daddy. Does that sound good to you, Uncle Reg? Yeah, okay. You're gonna be my son? That's what I thought. Are you ready, kids? Do 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 do! Now slap your hands. Now spread those wings. Do 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 do. Feather your bangs. Shake your buns. That's nice. Now think about your dad. What's your dad like? I want to meet that dad. I wake up in the morning and I kiss my wife. I go out to my shed and I sharpen my knife. Change batteries and all my remote control. Check out all the levels in the toilet bowl. I play with my son all through the morn. I take a long nap and mow the lawn. Borrow the engine from my neighbor, Dan. I get it back as soon as I can. This is the sound of the perfect day. That's a perfect day. It's, it's a, a perfect, perfect dad day. day. I clean out the gutters with a big long broom while I fantasize about a TV room where the kids and their wife can't bother me. I can watch adult films with some privacy. Don't have any kids and I don't have a wife. Still appreciate the amazing dust slide. So, tie my roof and I charge my tools. I measure the chlorine in my swimming pool. You need a wife? 
just to have kids. I don't have neither. So, sorry, I don't belong here. Now, hush, my daughter, I've got something to say to you. And it might not be the words you want to hear. Your mother and I are running out of space for all our stuff. And there's only one place to put the things that we both hold so dear. We're turning your bedroom back into the computer room. We're turning your bedroom back into the computer room. And it makes good sense, it's the only way. You can sleep out on the couch till you find a place. Or maybe you can live at my sister's house. She always liked you better anyway. Gallop doesn't have parents, we should raise it ourselves. Yeah, at least till it's old enough to be on its own. Oh, I want to be the mom. I don't think you can be the mom, Patrick, because you never wear a shirt. You're right. If I was a mom, this would be kind of shocking. Just call me daddy! It sure is cute when it's asleep. Yeah. Hey, SpongeBob. Yes, Patrick. I never thought being a parent could be this much fun. Me neither. Well, good night, SpongeBob. Good night, Patrick. Patrick, breakfast is ready. All right. All this parenting stuff makes me hungry. Hey, Junior, how you doing today? SpongeBob? Yes, Patrick! Kids got a stinky. Did you take care of them? My hands are kind of full. <laughs> Wish I could, but I gotta get going. Going? Where are you going? Going to work. I'm the dad, remember? You mean I have to do all this baby stuff myself? I'll give you a break tonight when I get home. Don't you two stop being adorable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What a day. Oh, great, you're home. Now you can help me with the baby. Oh, gee, SpongeBob, I'd love to, but I'm totally beat from work. Huh? <clears throat> oh. <laughs> that guy got hit in the head with a coconut! Patrick, <laughs> what about my break? Oh, yeah, your break. Uh, tomorrow, I promise. Uh, okay, tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> Phew! Another tough day! 
Oh, Patrick, I'm so glad you're home after working all day. I can't wait for my break. Work was a killer. I need my chair. <clears throat> Patrick, I really need my... Tomorrow for sure. Tomorrow for sure. Patrick? I'll get to it eventually. Eventually. We need to talk. Just one more minute. I Don't gotta... one more minute me, Mr. Man. Hey, I'm missing the coconut. You haven't been helping at all with Junior. We made a commitment and you're not doing your share. You never do anything. I changed his diaper. Yeah, once. He's only this big. How many diapers could he possibly use? Mm. Oh, that's not so much. Mm. So? What's the plan for today? No more fooling around. From now on, I'm Super Dad. I'll work straight through lunch so I can get home on time. So make sure you save a big old sticky diaper for me to change, and you can take the night off, pal. Great, so I'll see you at six o'clock. 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 12 o'clock midnight. <laughs> oh boy, that was some party. Oh, hey, SpongeBob. Hey, Junior. What? What? Oh, nothing. Oh, what a relief. For a second, I thought you were mad at me. Do you remember what you said to me this morning? Something about root beer, right? No. Oh, wait, wait, let me guess. I give up. Does you can take the night off, pal. Ring a bell. I don't need this. What? Where do you think you're going? I'm going back to work. Work? <laughs> he got in bed with two coconuts. So, this is work? You know, it's not as easy as it looks. Sometimes I gotta move the antenna, sometimes I lose the remote, and sometimes my butt itches real bad. Oh, you poor, poor thing. By the way, you forgot your briefcase. Oh, so this is the thanks I get for working overtime. Yeah, you're working. If that's the kind of work you're doing, show me where you're tired of work. You just keep going and working and working. There's that stupid noise again. Oh, that's not a stupid noise. That's just Junior about to jump out of that two-story window. Oh. Did you catch him? No. We're bad parents! Uh, 
he's all grown up. Hey, what about Daddy? That's my boy. Goodbye. Goodbye, Junior. Well, Patrick, he doesn't need us anymore. This is the hardest part of every parent's life, I assume. Despite all we've been through, it was worth it. Yeah. Let's have another. <laughs>